Dear sweet, sweet listeners, gather around. It's, uh, it's your good Uncle Dave here. I want to tell you a little bit of a story. I want to talk to you about the story of four lifelong friends. Four lifelong friends with a dream. See, these four friends, long time ago, started a video production company that has grown into and emerged into a multimedia super conglomerate. And then, ladies and gentlemen, those four friends were invited to a con. See, this is the story of a room full of strangers and friends, family and loved ones. It's a story of the midnight listener bringing his son into the fold. And most importantly, dear sweet listeners, it's the story of one of those friends having recording problems with the audio equipment and the other three having to do it all over again. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's the lost episode. It's the Pittsburgh gaming episode, PGX Redux, this week. Oh, nothing good. Well, that once again a wonderful intro thank you so yeah, much way, way to lead us in oh. yeah 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 uh and so right right off the bat how are you guys doing doing great doing pretty well Good. pretty well so this is uh what episode 70 yeah and apologies to the listener as we were posting cobra last week uh the the fine fine film cobra that we reviewed <laughs> available in the archives yeah. Uh, we, and, and if there's ever one you want to check out in the archives, ladies and gentlemen, that's one you want to check out. Yes. But at the time of recording, we did not realize that Cobra was episode 69. So sadly, we did not shoehorn any 69 jokes into last week's episode. It's unfortunate. Yeah. I feel like there would have been an overarching theme <laughs> that would have changed the entire like tenor of that episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it was um, for the best. It probably was for the best that uh that it kind of worked out that way although i remember when when you posted it i mean i noticed it immediately i was like 69 oh shit and i just i just such an opportunity lost i yeah. feel shame on us shame on us but you know what when we get to episode 169 oh, that's very presumptuous yeah. of you Dan. listen <laughs> listen if there is ever incentive for people listening to this podcast to just stick with us Give us another hundred episodes, and the sixty-nine jokes are gonna flow like wine. Yeah, but you know what's worse than missing one sixty-nine joke last week? It's losing an entire fucking episode entire, that we are about to re-record an here today. Episode. Yeah. yeah. So uh, for those of you who cause we like we we talked about this episode before the episode before we Correct. recorded, we, yes. we pumped it. We up. were hyping. Oh, it. we were. Yeah. So last year, uh, now this is the year twenty twenty-three right now. So twenty twenty-two October. Uh, we had the opportunity, the pleasure, and the privilege to have a panel, a live show, at the Pittsburgh Gaming Expo. How about that shit? Which was really cool. It was pretty awesome. Uh, it, was, it was fantastic. Uh, it was very nerve-wracking, uh, but it was a very fun experience. I'm glad we did it. Uh, we, and the, the subject that, uh, that we covered was innovative, uh, ambitious games in, in gaming, basically. Uh, and it, the episode went really well. Uh, everybody had a really good time. We had a we had like for the fact that no one knows who we are. I think it was an okay turnout as far as the audience goes. With friends and family there as well. But overall, it was a great experience. We recorded. Come to find out, 
we got about five minutes <laughs> is what we got <laughs> recorded <laughs> from that. We, we, Basically, it, the intro is what we got. You know, it's so a couple of things about that that I, I think were, were most fascinating. Like, number one, first off, it was a great room. Um, it was full of, of family and friends, um, but it wasn't completely full yeah. of family and friends. A lot of people that none of us knew were there, in there, there which were, was cool. Yeah, I think we even got a few fans that might even be listening to this episode right now. Um, you know, from, from, from that, um, about six weeks later, I ended up back in that same convention center for uh, steel city con and, um, saw what the room was like for the, uh, Hobbit panel. Yeah. Um, a little bit different than ours. <laughs> really? I would have, I would yeah. imagine. Um, smaller, right? Smaller crowds. S- well, I mean, they are hobbits. Yeah. So, I mean, basically put three of them on shoulders equals one of us. <laughs> so, um, but, um, yeah, a um, little bit different parking situation as well um, for, for that, that whole experience. Um, but uh, I would say uh, panels equally as exciting. Well, right? I'll take your word for it. I yeah. believe it. I believe it as well. But, um, but yeah, uh, so, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we, we enjoyed doing it so much. <laughs> um, and we felt that it would be um, a disservice to our listeners if we didn't actually uh give you guys a little bit of a little bit of a taste a little bit of a of a redux just the tip if you will um without noah yeah yeah definitely just the tip that's the one thing about this is that um noah was on man was he ever i mean so, <laughs> he had the room <laughs> <laughs> i you know for for those of you that do know noah and for those of you that don't and for the one person listening to this that is noah hey. um you know, no. I know. We miss you. What's up, buddy? Uh, keeping this, keeping the chair warm for you. But um, you put Noah Brown in a room of people, and there's a part of Noah's personality that's going to come out, and that's with people that he knows, friends, family, loved ones. You put him in a room full of at least sixty percent strangers, and there's a whole other level he's going to take it to. People he'll never see again, so it does not matter <laughs> it what does, he says. That's exactly right. No, and, and he, he pushed. He told the line, and then he jumped way over. Yes. Oh my god! We, there, as I was writing the intro, I was trying to think back even to some of the jokes that he he had a wonderful series of questions for Herb that we just can't. We, we're not going to be able to duplicate it because thank it's God just, for that. Yeah, it won't um, be the same. But involved the Sega Channel, you know, a bus full of nuns, um, s like um, tasteful S and M. I think. Um, the future children of the universe. It's something um, to that effect. There was yeah. a lot of, to that effect. Um, there was a lot on the line. There was way on the line. And and more of the story, Jones still would not fuck the Sega channel. Nope. I have standards, Sticking like I guns. said. Yeah. I have standards. <laughs> and his wife was in the room. Yep. So, yeah. you know, I don't know if Allie listens to this or not, but now she knows that, you know... On occasion. Yeah. If the subject is the subject she's interested in. Uh, and when I say on occasion, I mean like twice. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, two out of seventy ain't bad. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's more it's more than, than zero. That's more. That's more than Argentina's given us <laughs> right now. Right. <laughs> so, um, but uh, but yeah, guys, we've got uh, we've got innovations of gaming. Uh, I want you guys to know that in preparation for redoing this episode, I did uh, less research. I knew that was coming uh, for our, for this go around than I did for the last one. So, so what you're saying is you didn't play any games. 
I watched. Um, no, I didn't. You're a liar. I, <laughs> I, you're I, a liar. Anything. I was. Uh, I was. You're like, where the fuck did I put that outline from six months ago? Oh, there it is. <laughs> no, I knew I. I don't even remember talking about any of this. Well, no, because like the outline is in. So I'm not gonna look. Google's never gonna sponsor this fucking podcast. So I don't give a shit about what I say. Fuck Google Drive. <laughs> you have problems with it? I ha- I hate it. Really, it's pretty it, easy to use. I'm not it's saying it's not easy simple. to use. I'm just saying fuck Google's. Fuck the whole Google work. We have to use that at work. Like we use we're a whole Outlook Office like Microsoft thing for a long time, and then our company switched over to Google, and it's like everything that Microsoft does, but at like an at like at a seventh grade level. And for some reason, I have I just don't like it. Apparently not. So you know, uh, the fact that we use a lot of Google stuff here, I completely forgot like where it was on our drive until <laughs> like I texted you guys like, you guys remember the outline? Are we going by the outline? Are we gonna switch it up a little bit? Roughly. Yes, the outline called the PGX outline. Yeah, and then I I followed up as oh wait no I actually do have that in my my drive on my phone so I found it. Uh, right I'm glad there. you did. Good job. We knew you yeah. could do it. Um, yeah, yeah. Can't so the, the official name of this episode, technically, I guess, would be Game Changers. Yes, right. revolutions in mm-hmm. gaming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> originally, when we did this, we had this whole, like like Max said, this whole outline. We went point by point by point. We were under very specific and, and strict time constraints. So we had to, like, m- keep it moving. Uh, but thankfully, kind of in a, in a weird way, it's kind of... It's bad that it happened, but it's good that it happened that we lost the episode because now we can kind of go through this at a kind of our own pace, kind of really talk about things we really want to talk about, and not feel like oh we got to be done and what, what, right. what do we have like forty minutes or an hour? Yeah. It wasn't even that. Yeah, much. between like setting up and tearing down for the next panel to come in after us, yeah. we really had like fifty minutes, and we had to do an introduction because nobody knew who we were. Exactly, and you know to without even trying to sound too you know like oh the fucking audio equipment malfunction we had literally five minutes to set up four mics into the audio recorder and everything yeah we had to set without everything doing, up ourselves without doing any testing whatsoever while people were coming into the room and the other group was tearing down yeah. um so it was a very interesting like overlay yeah there was, yeah the, and the, the weird thing is like when you stack all those panels on top of each other like that is there is no transition right yeah. everything is like very rushed when you you got to rush in, get set up, rush out, so the next guys can rush in and set up at the same time while you're trying to tear down, and people are trying to talk to you and ask you questions, and it's like, it's it's very yeah. sort of hectic at the beginning and, and, and to, the end. To the to you know to put it out there, I mean, to the credit of the people who organized PGX, I mean, they handle it very well. Like yeah, the, you know, they the, kept it moving. The people we were talking to, they they everybody was super nice, uh, and very helpful. Uh, the, the whole experience was great, and uh, I'm you know. Hopefully we get a chance to do that again sometime. Yeah, I'd be fan- looking forward to it. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. Yeah, they, they, everybody there was was really great. Uh, it was a wonderful experience. And, and like I said, what I'm saying is in no way a disservice to no, anything not at all. PGS no, not whatsoever. At all. Yeah. Um, it was kind of like when like you guys have seen that thing you do, right? I assume no, you've never seen that thing. And that you does do. not look interesting to me, so I never no, saw it. No shit. I don't just yeah. So I, I'm. I'm Wow. I know so what it is. My, my I'm aware of it. I know. It's just now my references. I remember when it came them. out. I remember when it debuted. So it was a HBO bit, right? No, no. It was a movie. Was it a movie? Yeah. Was mm-hmm. it, but wasn't it like a big thing on HBO, though? Am I making that up? What am I thinking about? Um, that thing. Um, yeah, I think you're making it up a little bit. Yeah. What am I thinking about? I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe it was a big deal that it came to HBO. Maybe that's what I'm thinking about. Because it was Tom Hanks. Yeah. This was his yeah, first. Yeah, I mean, I know exactly yeah. what the film is. Yes. Eerie PA, The Oneaters, right? But it's really outside of my, like, life my like just, just my background just is not at all what just, i'd be interested just in not eerie pen 
know? or the music, the type of music, any of that. Give me some Motown. We can talk. There's Motown in there. Real Motown. I mean, there's white guys doing Motown. No, there's. Is there? Yeah. I guess Did you see bit. the movie, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> no, but Wait, I know what are we like, talking about? Well, my, my whole point was like when you kind of watch when you watch that movie. You know, Tom Hanks says to them, like, you guys get on stage, you do your song, and then if they want more, you just unplug and you run. Like, and there's these weird, like, little overlays where, like, one band is setting up for their song when the other band is finishing their set, and there's kind of, like, that overlay. So, I was going to say that's kind of a little bit what we were kind of experiencing yeah. there. Okay. Um, but um, but now, since you haven't seen it, that reference is completely lost. Yeah, I mean, I can nothing. picture Here it, we are now. what you're saying. <laughs> I feel like a total fucking asshole. Well, no, Jeff's seen it. I know Jeff's seen it. So only only half asshole. Yeah, I mean, which, still a asshole. It's just, <laughs> just to half varying degrees. Which, does that yeah. asshole have a tuft? I was gonna say, speaking of <laughs> how bushy speak, is it? Speaking yes. of assholes, we're not that far away. <laughs> we're not that far away. We're, it's coming we're up. Too close. It's coming up. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so uh, let's oh, right off the bat. Let's get into it then, shall we? We shall. Yeah. Uh, so I think we'll start with breakthroughs in technology. How about we start with what are we drinking? You guys, you guys are so overzealous, man. There's no foreplay anymore. Sometimes you guys, just want to go. Well, just jump right you guys, in. You guys are just like efficient. You just come in, take your pants off, get it done, and go. I mean, well, I'm, I'm drinking a, 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 a Trogue's uh, Perpetual IPA. Uh, it's very tasty. I'm enjoying it. Uh, speaking of teas, the beer I'm drinking is called the Midnight Peep Show. No. <laughs> uh, which is a stout brewed with marshmallow peeps because it's Easter. You um, it's made uh, by Yellow Bridge Brewing, which is in Greensburg, PA, somewhere in that area. It's you, pretty good. You had me nervous there for a second when you said speaking of tea, because I thought you got the Iron City Turner's <laughs> Tea. Uh, beer. I said teas. Oh, teas. Okay, not tea. I, I heard tea, and I immediately thought you were going to show me a an Iron City I, Turner's. I, tea. I did oh, look God. for that, but I didn't want to buy a twelve pack. <laughs> I just wanted like one or two cans. And I, I didn't see it anywhere. I think that's so. one of those you have to buy a 12-pack and just make sure you find 11 friends. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still Iron City, so... Yeah. Mac, what are you drinking? Well, uh, because I'm, I'm as you basically said when we talked earlier, that I'm essentially a malnourished human, um, <laughs> I am, uh, I've, I'm once again been battling a, a sinus infection this time along, so I'm on another round of, uh, of um, antibiotics, so... Today I am uh, courtesy of Jeff Vandergriff because you actually got me hooked on this stuff. I am drinking a a cherry Dr. Pepper today. You know, I don't know if you know this about me. I hate Dr. Pepper. 23 flavors are too many. It's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you and I are going to have a great episode today. (laughs) I just what? I just Dr. Pepper. He's like, you know what? Fuck Dr. Pepper and that thing you do. I was watching a video recently, and I need to try it. It was like, you know, is Dr. Pepper basically just Coca-Cola and root beer together? And a guy took, like, because he was reading, like, the like the, the ingredients, and, like, it added up to kind of, like, about 23 between the two. Oh, and he no. poured, like, he put he did, like, a certain amount, like, per per uh, per drink. And he took a sip, and he goes, this amazingly, you know, tastes so much like a Dr. Pepper, it's ridiculous. Ugh. And it made me respect Dr. Pepper even less. <laughs> <laughs> They're like they really put zero effort into I, it. It's I, all I, just marketing. I really hope. Well, I mean, fucking. I mean, that's that's right up your alley. You got a lot of respect for that. <laughs> but no, I, I got. I hope not because I'm not a root beer guy. I think you might be. Oh no. But like, yeah, Jeff, we were over here once, and you had the. I think it was sometime last summer, and you had the like Jurassic World. 
yeah, Dominion or yeah, it had Velociraptor, Fallen Kingdom, or the only reason I bought it. Horrible. Guys, you guys ever wanted to cover a horrible movie? Let's just cover those last two Jurassic World movies. I saw the first Jurassic World. Was it was it Jurassic World? Just Jurassic World, yeah. yeah. I saw that one, thought it was alright, and then I got off the I got off the train. It's probably yeah, a good idea that you did. We all should have stopped there. Yeah, they should have <laughs> stopped, stopped, stopped there. Yeah. But that even like it, even how bad those last couple of movies were, they still did like over a billion dollars. Yeah, because they're dinosaurs. I understand. And everybody's an like, eight year old child at heart. Making <laughs> up dinosaurs at this Bitches point. Bitches love dinosaurs. Make a fucking Dino Riders movie. Make a whole movie of dinosaurs and put fucking military grade armor on them and let them go to war with each other. God, you know, I feel like we've had this conversation on the show before, at least in, in uh, you know off line here um do you guys remember in humanoids yeah jeff you remember in humanoids vaguely Fuck, how good of a movie would that be somebody's got to have a script somewhere i'm sure there's been many over the decades <laughs> in humanoids it was like this, this has nothing to do with breakthroughs in gaming but <laughs> in humanoids was like and i'm trying real hard to go back in my memory bank bank here help me on this one mac if you remember but it was like the scientists were doing some experimenting on the Earth or something, and they unleashed basically monsters from the Earth. And I don't, they weren't from some other dimension. They weren't, they were just creatures that crept up from the crust, and they started like mutilating people. It's a kid's cartoon, of course, from the 80s. Of course, yes. We're talking like mid 80s, late 80s, somewhere in there. Um, and the only reason I knew it existed was because at my local, you know, tape uh rental place they had the humanoids it was like two episodes on the tape that's the it, only one two. that they had you just kept watching the same and two that, i would rent, have it rented all the time uh and eventually my, i think my, my dad dubbed it because it was like way more cost efficient at that point but uh, they also had uh toys they had the monsters and there was like a rock monster there was a tree monster there was the one my favorite was the scariest one i'd ever fucking seen in my life this fucking one Decompose. Yeah. Decompose. Do you remember these? Do you remember these at all? No. Fuck, you're missing out. Decompose, the thing that made him scary, because he looked, he was basically a zombie decompose, right? And if he would yeah, scratch his guts you... guts are on the outside. Yeah, his, yeah I, had, I had that one. He was about, like, two feet tall, and, like, his ribcage would open, and you, he would trap people in it, and he, if he scratched you, he would infect you, and you would turn into, like, a zombie person. It was in one of the episodes of the tape that I would rent. Anyhow... Tendril was the one that I always kind of remember. Which he's one the, is Tendril? He's the tree one. Oh, that's like his the name? Tree, yeah, the kinda... toy of that looks super fucked up. Yeah. Isn't it cool, though? Yeah, they're it's amazing. Awesome. But imagine a movie about it's like this. like eating a person. Because they would. <laughs> no, that's the thing. The cartoon was kind of messed up. So, um, tying into that, because the, the, the people that created this show, this was a Hasbro toy line. Of course. And the uh, same production company that produced the, the animated show was the same production company behind G.I. Joe and Transformers. Right. Which I recently found out, well, I'm watching this, it's on Spike TV right now, or, or maybe it's on Vice, and I thought it was on Vice. And it's a behind-the-scenes, like, seven-part docuseries about the making of Phase 1 of the Marvel Cinematic oh, yeah. Universe. Okay, that sounds and interesting. it's actually really good. And it's not really by a lot of like the big people that you'd think. It's about like you got the first assistant director, you yeah, got the number guys of, who worked in the VFX guys department. guys worked in the VFX department, the 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 storyboards, the the number four dude at Marvel underneath you know Kevin Feige and um, you know the whole the whole group of them, right? And um, I never knew this, but Marvel in the eighties that's one of the things that kept them afloat is that as they were trying to transition into like television and movies and everything 
one of the first things that they were able to successfully do, it was their production company that was responsible for Transformers and G.I. Joe. And as we're now talking here, Jones, the uh, the Inhumanoids. That's pretty amazing. And so anybody who, please, if, if, you're, if you're listening to this episode, if you're old enough and you have a beverage, let's toast Inhumanoids. Because that cartoon was amazingly bad but great at the same time. That's awesome. And like... Being six years old and watching that, thinking about it now, if we got a trans... Somebody somewhere, it's your job in life to create an Inhumanoids. Give me an anime. I'll take that, too. Yeah. It it's must right not have for been, anime. It must not have been out long. It wasn't. the complete series uh, fits on two DVDs. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even know there was that many episodes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was, at, uh, I was at Best Buy earlier today. I stopped in real quick, and they had He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, like the entire series, and it was in just one disc set. It wasn't even that How big. many seasons was that, actually? I don't even <laughs> it know. It might have only been two. I, yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue. It's, cartoons in the 80s were so strange because, it was like... A, it was a different thing, man. When you... It was all the cell toys. That's it. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course it was, which was which is why it was fantastic, right? But, like, also... Um, when you go and like you look at those series on IMDb or something, like you'd think season one of Batman the Animated Series was like sixteen episodes and the show was on for six years. No, like season one was like forty seven episodes and it was on in like a year and a half, and then season two was like sixteen and then like the show was over. But it feels like it was just on Here's for what so I found. Oh yeah? Oh. Just about to threaten his watch. I think like Siri is, is answering why new TV shows only have ten to thirteen episodes per season. <laughs> I'm actually kind of curious. Uh, so sorry, thanks, Siri. So Noah, we apologize, but you've you've officially been replaced <laughs> by Siri. By Siri. Yeah. yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. It's, oh no! Don't you fucking do it! Don't you fucking do it! Technology uh, man. The yeah. one man who does not have an Apple uh, item at all on his. Is me. Yeah, technology fucks up another PGX show. There that's you right. <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> fitting. But, uh, no, it's pretty... I, You know, I, it's been so long. I remember the characters, because I remember the toys. I remember how awesome those were. But, like, you can pretty much find all that shit on YouTube. Like, I'm going to kind of go back and check that out. Because that's when I watched... Uh, I, I probably have the VHS from Dino Riders, like, still somewhere. Like, oh, there's yeah. a couple, like, movies they had. Mm-hmm. But I also was able to, like, find one of them online, like, on YouTube or something. And I watched, like, the first, like, 28-minute episode of it. And... You know... And before we get to this, it actually this kind of ties into the subject in a weird way. But if, hear me out. It's kind of cool. The kids these days, or even a generation before us, even like can't just have the conversation we just had because now because everything's so connected, everybody knows what every cartoon. You have access to even if you don't really know, everywhere. you kind of know about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. We're all around the same age. We're all dialed into a lot of the same stuff. But I just brought up in humanoids, and Jeff's like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I'm like, how do you not? Yeah. But, like, you didn't have that back yeah. then. Like, if things just existed totally outside of your, your vision, out of your purview, and you just went about life. Yeah, if you didn't know, you didn't know. Yeah, That's but it. that was yeah. the holographic warriors we were talking about a couple episodes ago. Yeah. I'm trying to explain it. I'm yeah. like, no, this was a real thing. <laughs> you know, I think you knew what I, what I was talking about. I didn't, because I also thought you were talking about these toys called Battle Beasts, yes. which are very similar yes. to that. Uh, and they had the same little holographic things and you kind of had to hold your thumb and kind of saw what tribe they were belonging to. It was like, Mm -hmm. like fire or wood or air or water or something like that. It was very Captain, Captain Planet before Captain Planet was really a thing. 80s toys were fucking awesome. They were great. They were very cool. Yeah. You know what else was really cool? 80s gaming. And that's kind of, it's a good place to start, Jones. Thank you. I try. You're welcome. That's one of the things about not having to rush this episode is we don't have to like 
rush transitions as we were doing in the panel. Yeah. Because I guess we're talking about something that's like, well, you know what's really interesting? Um, <laughs> and you jump. And we just had to jump the next thing because we knew because we, 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 we actually did some nice prep on this. Yeah. And we we yeah. outlined it. We kind of assigned our times to how long we want to talk about certain things. And, you know, all of us had a clock in front of us, whether it was our watch or our phone or something. We're just watching it go through. Um, and then we all got to the point and it's like, oh, we have to change now. <laughs> yes. If we're going to go through talking about everything we did. Yeah, then, which is very hard for us because we go off topic a lot. Yeah. Mm. As anyone who listens to this show regularly knows, uh, it's real easy for us to lose our train of thought and just ramble down a rabbit hole like we just did talking yeah. about cartoons and toys. And and speaking of losing our train of thought, the last thing I'll say here before we really jump in here, I'd be remiss not to. Uh, is that as we're recording this at Jeff's house, uh, there's two Easter baskets sitting in front of us, <laughs> just fucking chock full of candy. Yeah. Dave is just sweating. I'm staring, just, at, I'm staring at these Haribo Happy Hopper gummy candies, and I just want to fucking run a train on them. Like, I'm not even joking. So, well, so that, if, that, if that's we, a hell if, of a statement. If you hear crinkling, if you, if you chewing, start, and choking, just, it's Dave. <laughs> ASMR with nothing good. This goes. This has gone in a strange direction. We have covered way too many things in a short amount of time, and really, we covered nothing. Absolutely nothing. Or, or Sylvester Stallone would have said, (laughs) (laughs) "Yeah, you can't even do it. I can't even do it. I can't. Uh, It'll just do a disservice to Cobra. If you just want to know what Sylvester Stallone would have said, just go listen to the last episode. I highly recommend that." <laughs> oh shit! His voice was just so terrible. It was. It was like it was. You know what it was? You know what he sounded Ugh. like? He sounded like somebody who's trying to impersonate him. That's what he sounded like. He, he was like That's a character pretty spot of on, actually. Yeah. And it was so strange. It's like he was trying to remember to do the Rocky voice. Even though he doesn't have to do the Rocky voice. <laughs> yeah, that's just his voice. It's just his voice. Yeah. You know what? Fuck that movie. Yep. So anyhow. <laughs> Breakthroughs in technology. <laughs> um, so the one big thing... Let's stop and just take a look, look at this, you know, on, on a on macro level. Like, it's all technology, right? I mean, yep. we got... Uh, cartridges, we got discs, we have CD-ROMs, we have floppies, 3.5s, you know, memory cards. But the thing, like, that you have to stop back and ask yourself, like, what do you consider, like, an innovation? And when all of it is innovative, right? And for my money, one of the top innovative additions to gaming was memory cards. Because, uh, yep. like, before that, well, you were just boned if you lost power. If your game did have the option to, like, put a password in to get back to the level you were at, you just you just completely fucking blew my mind when you said that because like as soon as you said if you lost power I had like flashbacks like when I was six yeah you got like, PTSD like things, things that I completely forgot yeah. being like two thirds the way through like a fucking like Castlevania or something and then the power flickers and it's you just, just gone. it's just the the opening credits again for the game <laughs> yeah you're just, just si- like you're just sitting there lost <laughs> <laughs> well that's the truth though like it's it's it. We we are the fortunate enough at our age, uh, people around our age, older, a little younger, that we lived through such a strange time, 
where you had to plan your gaming out in a lot of ways. Like you, you now kids are like, well, I'm just gonna go beat this game. I'm gonna do a sit down. I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put like however many hours into it. Like we well, couldn't do that. Like yeah. you, you, you had to get up. You had to go do something. You had to go do this. Heaven forbid your game froze. If it, if, even if it didn't lose power, it just froze on you. You know what I think is really funny? You're talking like, you know, when we were six or seven years old, our lives were so busy and so, like, involved that, you know, we only had, like, 45 minutes to play through a game. Motherfucker, it's not like I had other things to do. It's like we had one TV in the house. And that TV was broken. And there was a black and white TV on that TV that the Nintendo was plugged into. And my dad was coming home from work in 30 minutes. So... Like, that's more what it was. Yeah, it was or, all bets are off at that point. Or it was, like, Saturday morning, and, like, I know my brother slept in until at least 11. So I know I had until about 11.30 before he was going to come out and come downstairs, and that TV wasn't mine anymore. But so, then you also had to juggle cartoons that were only on at a certain time, because you couldn't just watch them whenever like you can now. There was no on-demand. Yeah. I, there was no YouTube. Right. I, I So you had to juggle both sides. Oh, unbelievably. I hated college football for the first third of my life because that kept me from watching Saturday cartoons anymore. That's a very honest reaction, <laughs> and I, I empathize with that. <laughs> and I just didn't understand because, you know, kickoff was at noon. <laughs> you know, just didn't make it like this isn't even like good football. It's like, you know, so Penn State. Fuck you, Penn State. You know most you of us, most of us are familiar with memory cards from like the PlayStation 2, uh, Nintendo 64. Yep. Uh, but. I through our my research, like six months ago, when I was looking up all this stuff, I come to find out that the first uh, memory cards were introduced uh, for Neo Geo in 1990, which would could have fooled me, but we didn't have access to that stuff because that stuff right. was over, overseas. But that technology had been around for quite some time, which is really cool. Yeah, and to see how it sort of transformed over time. So, you know, 16-bit cartridges had some memory storage built into the cart already uh, although they're very small files so you know on the in the 8-bit days we didn't have that in 16-bit days we did it was built in and then once everything started moving towards the disc era uh, that's when it really became prevalent particularly with the ps1 and dreamcast and to see how even now <laughs> you know how it's changed from hey storage requirements started getting more and more demanding mm. to the point now where everything's digital even the fucking game is digital um and to be able to what well, what was really cool is to be able to take your memory card over to your friend's house yes yes yeah. because uh, that was a game changer that did change like, everything yeah like if you're playing fucking uh wwe or wwf on nintendo 64 you're playing no mercy your buddy has it you have your characters that That's you made right. mm-hmm. and then you take them over on your memory card like that was fucking awesome i i didn't even thought about i oh, mean I it was so normal but I hadn't really thought about that. That's that's like a thing that everybody you had to do that, mm-hmm. you know. And even yeah. I remember getting uh, I had a memory card, and then I don't know for when at what point I got it, but I remember it. I still have it, the memory card that for the Nintendo sixty four that had the like there was like four different profiles that you could yeah. save to, which was yeah. fantastic, you know. Like God. Well, you know, it's 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 funny you're mentioning about how games. You know, very few games in those olden days actually had built-in saves. And, you know, of course, Jeff, as we've mentioned in previous episodes of this show, Legend of Zelda did. 
Um, and it was really one of the rare eight bit games yeah, that actually had a built in save. And and can you imagine that wasn't having common. can you imagine if that game didn't have like a built in save feature? I mean, it would be impossible. Yeah, nobody. Could, yeah, nobody's sitting and sitting there and playing that through. At least then, like but they do now. Did any other games have like a built-in save feature? Because like the only one I and I don't, I'd probably have to go back and play it just because yeah, I, I don't remember know. for sure. But like Metroid would seem to be one to me that would probably would need to have that, but I don't think it did. But I don't remember if it did. I don't know. Yeah, I think there. I think when you play Metroid, there's a continue option when yeah. you fire it up. Right. I think there would have to be yeah. in that game because that's another one of those big. where it's yeah. it's a very long game to play and, and yeah. there's a lot of building you have to do with your character but you know even before memory cards you had codes into games you know i've i've always said on the show i'm, I'm a huge Mega Man fan i've always loved the Mega Man games and they had basically different code combinations that you would be able to write down you had to have your little notebook and you'd have to kind of like do your tic-tac-toe grid because they'd have little circles little dots you had to do and they had so many different combinations of those. So, like, wherever you were, however many levels you beat and what your character was, you put in your code and you pick it right back up. Which brings me to Game Genie, right? Yeah. Um, because so many games that we knew growing up had codes. There were all sorts of cheat codes, all sorts of special codes, special upgrades, different things you can have. Um, but if you didn't, we didn't have an internet, right? So unless you're getting Nintendo Power... Or, you know, one of your friends had like a, 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 a cheat book that he got from the store that had those things in there. You know, you didn't have access to a lot of stuff until Game Genie, Game Genie comes along. And then all of a sudden you can go in and basically get hack. access yeah, to you everything. Can hack the games. You can hack the game. And then there were books upon books with, with all the, the hacks and the cheat codes. Yeah. Because yep. there were like regular cheat code books and then there were Game Genie cheat code books. And obviously you had to either have a Game Genie or know someone who did to access that. Um, but, you know, as, as we moved through, you know, the sort of the evolution in storage, you know, Xbox was the first system to have internal storage. Um, that was a and, big deal. Yeah. And now it's, you know, whatever hard drive you have is either on your system or you can plug anything in via USB. Uh, so you basically have unlimited storage for, you know, dirt cheap compared to what hard drives used to cost even 10 years ago my my xbox one has a two terabyte hard drive they that came that came with the system yeah. when it came out like that's the one that i wanted to get and i, I waited for it and it's it's crazy to think that's more it's more storage than any computer i have that's why right? i mean i'm in the same boat my series x i mean i have the proprietary one terabyte stick in the back which was very expensive because it's proprietary but i wanted it because it's made for the series x and right. then i have an external hard drive also attached to it that used to be attached to my my Xbox One. So I have like over <clears throat> two and a half terabytes of storage between the internal, the external, and the other external. And I'm thinking to myself, the the problem though with all the you know all the storage, it doesn't take much to fill it up. These games are huge. Yeah, and they get yeah. bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. It's crazy. We're talking about terabytes because the first memory card on PS One was. Eight megabytes. <laughs> I that's, that's I was, not even a save file on my game. No, I was I was. We've been so you know it's springtime, ladies and gentlemen. Right, if you go look outside, you can pretty much tell that. Um, as of the time you're listening to this, and if it's dark outside and you're driving, just keep your eyes on the road. What the fuck you think you're doing? Um, but I'm doing. We're doing some spring cleaning, so I was doing some stuff up in the bedroom, and I came across a two gig memory card for my nintendo uh for my for my wii 
And I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, I got more fucking memory on my watch right now. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, on my wrist. Than, than, you know, that was basically holding the save files and everything for 25 games on on my Wii. That's right? pretty cool. It's, 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 it's wild. And of course we have the, 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 the progression of the technology with uh, Dreamcast and the VMU. Uh, they have the little LCD screen on it, which I had a Dreamcast. Uh, I'm proud of it. I love that thing, and it's you know unfortunate that it didn't last as long as it did. It, yep. it, Dreamcast should have been around for like six, seven years easy. It had so much potential, and it just it is. I mean, it is what it is. It's in the past, but I'll always be sad about it. But it, it was really cool because you could. I would play back when I played sports games back in the old days. Uh, I used to love playing football games, uh, and I would I would like to play the 2K games. They're my favorite. No offense to Madden lovers, that's like everybody, but. To, to me, 2K was far superior, uh, and you could make your call, make your plays on the little LCD screen, so no one knew what you when were, you were picking. Playing, yeah, you know, like it was just little things like that it was fantastic, man. Like I love that stuff. Um, Dreamcast was so innovative in so many different little ways. Well, see, it was also the first uh, game with online gaming built mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. Uh, first system. And you know, if you look at, you know, that in and of itself, the evolution of online gaming. So it started with. PC way back when, uh, and then LAN parties started in the early 90s where, you know, people are tapping in together, and then in the early to mid-90s, Sega and Nintendo tried to do it, uh, the birth of the Sega channel, uh, but <laughs> it was it was too expensive to make it, you know, a household thing, um, and then, you know, in the mid to late 90s, we got a big push for rpgs world of warcraft really took off which led to you know everything that came after that uh but really up until the dreamcast you know it wasn't accessible to do that and now you can't play games without it it's weird to think like the idea of online gaming in 1994 yeah was like what is that it doesn't even seem like that was that long ago because i mean i was I didn't do a lot of land parties. That was I, I. I participated in a couple coming up, like. But I have a lot of friends who did it, like a ton of them uh, often. But like to think that now, like you said, like you almost can't find an offline. You, you can't find an offline game yeah. game anymore. Everything needs to be uh, connected to the internet. You know, updates and blah blah blah. Uh, but to kind of what you were mentioning about, you know, the early '90s. I mean, was that the Sega had created the 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 MegaNet or the Mega was it? Yeah, MegaNet online. It provided online access to gaming, and this is like 1990. Yeah, no idea yeah. this stuff existed yeah. in 1990. America Online was still like eight years away. God, I think it by 1990, because I, I think Prodigy was like 94 or 93. Was it? Are we talking about the the band Prodigy, like smack my bitch up? <laughs> no, I'm talking about the internet service <laughs> okay. provider. Right, just making sure. The yeah, I'm talking about Prodigy. Do you guys remember Prodigy? Again, smack my bitch up or the, because I remember both. I'm talking about the internet service provider. Fat of the Land yes. was an awesome album. <laughs> yes. Okay. Good. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, yeah. Um, no, actually, I, 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 I <laughs> exactly. Um, no, I actually didn't know about Prodigy. Uh, we didn't. That didn't really come out our way. I don't know if that's just because like, just my family wasn't really interested in technology, which was really funny because my dad was a salesperson for a tech company. But like, you know, your family Jones 
I think more than most people that I knew were like your dad, especially. Yeah, he was, was all always about that. at the forefront of whatever new was coming out. Oh, he's he's like all that. he's he's I've surpassed him now. But yeah, I learned how to build a computer because he taught me how to build a computer. Right, like, that was his jam. Yeah, I learned how to turn on a computer because my dad brought one home once. <laughs> once, well, <laughs> one time. That's what. No, seriously, that's like what it was. Like my dad, you know, Jeff worked with my dad and and worked for the same company for a while as as the company that I do now and everything, but like. You know, back in those days, my dad used to travel for work every other week. So if he's going to a school to do a demo or something, he had a he had he had like a whole computer backpack that he had to yeah. take with him, and had the monitor in it, and had the 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 whatever the fucking tower was that had to go with it, and yep. the keyboard and everything. Laptops. And and every once in a while, like he would bring it home, and I would be able to play like fucking like Minesweeper or Oregon Trail or Oregon Trail or, or just type something. I always, I always like to write like Godzilla movies, like on my dad's word processor. <laughs> and then he would take it to work and he'd print it and he'd bring it back on like that. There was like crazy, like reams of computer paper that with the holes on the side and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like I still have those. My mom still has them in the house somewhere. Um, and so, then I'd rob, uh, rob the robot and Bob the robot. And then I did a story where Rob and Bob met. So, uh, a quick cursory uh, search because I I'm like thinking because I had Prodigy as a child, right? I but I know we got AOL '96 though. That's when it's like '95 '96 when AOL came out. But I had Prodigy early. It came. It became a a full dial-up service. It it was around since 1984, which I didn't know. But it became a full dial-up wow. service in 1994, which lines up with my my childhood memory of like '94. It was like super. I was really young, but I remember like. Not even understanding any of it. I felt the same way the fat of the land when I first heard it. Yeah? yeah. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Prodigy. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense then. Uh, anyhow. Uh, but yeah, online gaming is like, is has become... Su- I mean, if you think about like just playing games like Among Us. I don't know how, how familiar you guys are with Among mm-hmm. Us. Yeah. But I fucking, who isn't, right? Like, you could just sit there on your phone and just play this with however many other people. And we're so connected now. You don't have to leave your home. You don't have to do anything. You just interact with your friends or total strangers. You know. You don't even have to talk to them. You, just, you don't even have to talk. You're just playing. It's lovely. Like Marvel Snap, for example, which Jones got me onto. How is that coming along oh, for you? Christ, it's fun. Isn't it that. addicting? It's so fun. See, but it's just like you're just playing random people. And it's like, I have no idea who this fucker is. But like, like the Midnight Listener was, was talking to us about Marvel Snap the other day and so, and now that you guys are playing, I'm just going to have to fucking download it. I maintain, and he may dispute it. I think I was on Marvel Snap before the Midnight Listener. But he has a, he has a much higher uh, card power than I do. So chances are he probably was playing it before me. I didn't get on Marvel Snap until like two months after it came out. Because I was like, ah, I don't like that sort of thing. And then I kept like it's a card seeing game. it going. I don't want that. Oh, it actually kind of looks kind of cool. Let me just download it. It's yeah. free. And let me tell you, listeners, if you want to just waste time on work, you know, during a break, lunch break, each game's like on the toilet. three minutes. You want on the crapper. That's usually where it happens. Honestly, yeah, it's true. Uh, it is really addictive. If you like Marvel stuff, comic book stuff, it's a fun game. Uh, yeah, it's easy to pick up. It's easy to learn. Yes. And you know, each game is three to five minutes. It's no, I, I give not a big time stuff. So. I give Marvel's. This is a, I'm gonna assume this is a mobile game, right? Oh, it's yeah. a phone game, yeah. But my, I, I give Marvel a lot of credit because, like, I got on Contest of Champions like real early when that game came out, and and got real into it for a while, and you know, then they moved into Strike Force, and now you've got Marvel Snap. Like, their mobile gaming is is usually pretty good. 
Um, and of course, because you got such a catalog of characters, oh it's God. really easy to get sucked it's into. Like, it's like Hearthstone, but it's Marvel, so it makes it way cooler. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, just think, the three of us are sitting here right now, and uh, each of us have our phones out, and Jones and, and, and Jeff uh, have notepads with some notes in there and everything. Um, but as I look at us, all of us here, look at our phones, and I just know each one of us is just has this in the shitter with us all the time. Like, anytime somebody gives you a camera and says, can you take a picture for us? Just know where that phone's been. Oh, I do. Which is why I always wipe my phone down. You're a better man than I. <laughs> Listen, doing what I do, I understand germs on a different level. So I wipe things down constantly. Maybe you wouldn't be sick all the time if you wipe <laughs> the fucking phone off. You know what? There's, there's, some, there's some truth. There might be some validity <laughs> to some, that. There's some validity in that statement there, Jeff. <laughs> Um, isn't it kind of crazy to think, so, you know, this is like an evolution in gaming, right? Yeah. Um, think about where it's going, I think is another thing. We didn't really talk about this in the panel, but as you guys were talking about this, I mean, um, I'm a big fan of, um, Ready Player One, the, the book and, you know, I, I obviously watched the movie cause it's Spielberg and I watch anything he does. Um, but everything in that is, it's an infinite VR cloud-based system. And I think that's ultimately where, whether it's going to be total VR which I'm sure, you know, Facebook would love or anything like that. But, um, you know, the next stage, as you say, the files keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and, you know, as good as technology is. And, you know, thank goodness a, you know, computer company got into gaming and, you know, decided to, hey, we're going to build the hard drive into the fucking thing instead of you having to buy external things. Right. And then everybody kind of has to follow suit from that. But as gaming is pretty much almost predominantly said, it's got to be online. If you're playing most games, you're not really doing any games offline at this point. And, you know, I was at the, as, as at the stores today earlier, um, you can't barely find physical copies of games at Best Buy or Target or anything anymore. You know, there's yeah, a few it's copies. It's not the same. And I was, I was talking to Steph. I'm like, there's one aisle of movies at um, Target. And there's three aisles of video games. And in each aisle of video games, they maybe had 10 or 12 games that had physical copies. And then there's like 14 aisles of books. And I'm like, isn't it weird that books were like the first thing to go towards like an online... Push the digital you first. You know, digital, digital thing first. And for lack of a better word, I'm not saying people rejected it. But people didn't exactly like abandon physical copies of books. But when you look at video games and movies... It's almost like the people have almost completely abandoned the having the physical copies of things. So, you know, everything I think moving forward is going to be in a total... Because, again, when you're talking about downloading, you're going to be paying for cloud coverage. You're going to be paying for cloud storage with Xbox or PlayStation and Nintendo, I think, in the future. Because that's just where your games are going to be. And then you don't have to necessarily worry about running out of space. You're not going to have to worry about necessarily, you know, having to delete files. You just have to pay for more space on their servers. Yeah. I have a bunch of notes about VR and how that started and where it is today. Um, because it, the idea of, you know, virtual reality gaming started, actually started in the very early 80s uh, when they were trying to develop the technology. And there was no way that they could do it in a cost-effective manner. Like, no company could do it. Um, and then the first peripheral that was sort of with VR intent was the power glove, yeah. which came yeah. out in 89. Um, and then shortly after that, the movie lawnmower man came out, uh, and people got real hyped about this idea of virtual reality, um, which led to the release of the Nintendo virtual boy. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, mm. which, uh, 
was a bit of a flop. Did you guys have Virtual Boy? I do. I have it downstairs, actually. I, ha- I had one. I'm pretty sure I threw that shit out. Yeah. Uh, no, did not have that one. That was not a great experience, and I still kind of feel guilty I, I had my parents buy that for me. Yeah. They, uh, there were only 22 games made for it, and then it was dead. Uh, ruined a lot of eyesight in a lot of kids. I think that's one of the reasons why my eyes are the way they are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's why a lot of us wear glasses. <laughs> I was going to say, the one who didn't have that is the one who's sitting at the table that doesn't have glasses right now. Uh, but after that, I mean, companies tried for 20-plus years to try to create a cost-effective, consumer-attainable VR product, and no one was able to do it until Facebook was like, hey, let's make this thing called the Oculus, which actually came out in 2016. Like, it's only mm-hmm. popular now, but it's actually been out for yeah, I remember when it, seven years now. I remember now. when it came out. Um, and now, I mean, you can get VR on your phone. Um, there's all this focus on the metaverse. You can watch porn in VR. I had the the luxury of uh, so Midlight listener. Are you looking has... at me when you said that? <laughs> because it. you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, guilty. Well, if you must know. Um, so the Midnight listener has. Uh, I don't know what he. I don't. I'm sure he's upgraded since then. But he had the HTC Vive. Uh, or I think it was Vive. Is it Vive? I think. Was that uh-huh. was that a fucking phone? Uh, it's the HTC View. Was it the, maybe it was the View? Either way, it was their their VR set. And a couple of years ago, I went over to his place. And his man, you got to try this. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know if I've ha- had a greater gaming experience since then. Nothing topped that moment when it's, you look over the edge of something that's not there, but your brain's telling you it's there. It's an experience. That's the that's the best word for it. I, you, I you have one, don't you, Jeff? Yeah, we yeah. have Oculus. You have Oculus. It is an amazing experience. Yeah, it's cool. And uh, I. You know it's not real. It's weird. You know it's not really there, but your yeah, brain you know does you're not in the living room, but you. <laughs> your, brain, your brain is telling you, like, yeah. The spatial, <laughs> like, the depth is there, and you're like, this can't be right. But then when somebody shoots at you, you duck because it's really there, but it's yeah. not. Well, and see, that's the thing with uh, with Ready Player One, with the, with the book and everything, is that, you know, the when, it, when, you, when the virtual technology gets advanced enough, Everybody basically lives their world in a VR world, and people have these full like body suits. So like when you get shot, you can actually feel it in your feel it on your body when you get shot. Uh, there's a like a um, a treadmill, like an omnidirectional treadmill platform, so you can kind of walk inside the space as well. And um, you know, and don't forget the maybe the most important um, precursor to virtual reality is the uh, 1995 movie Virtuosity, starring Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe. I feel be remiss if we were talking about VR and not talk about that uh, that chestnut. I'm okay with movie. being remiss. <laughs> chestnut. <laughs> I just, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> it's, it's, too, it's already out there now. Yeah. It, it means what it means. You gotta own it. Yeah. Um, no, because when I, when I think virtual reality, that's the first thing I think of is that movie. Because he was a VR character and he like comes to life. And it was real fucked up when Denzel kills him at the end. Spoiler alert. But, you know, if you're going to if you haven't fucking watch Virtuosity yet, what the fuck do you listen to this show for? Um, but you, um, you don't need to watch that to listen to our show. No, you don't. No, no. Well, uh, we should cover that movie because it's, it's kind of good and bad at the same time. I, th- I saw the movie once and I don't, yeah, I don't, I can't I don't recall remember anything nothing about, about it. it. Yeah. It was like one of Russell Crowe's first like American movies. Is it? Yeah. So. But anyway. Um, my first experience with VR gaming and Jones, you might've had the same experience. I don't know if you did or didn't, but it was at Kennywood. They had, um, Duke Nukem 
in virtual. I think it was Duke Nukem. It was either Duke Nukem or Doom. I never partook in that. But you I know, know you never about. did it. Nope, never did it. Um, I did it. That was like the first time I ever did VR, and uh, I thought it was really cool. But I wasn't like really. I mean, obviously this was older technology of when they course, had it. Yeah. But the fact that they had it at an arcade, you know, when we were teenagers, and it was still good enough that you could kind of go through and play the game. Uh, was still pretty fascinating, but I haven't really had a chance to kind of dive in. The most VR I've had is actually through a Viewmaster, you know, where you have the little red thing and you put the little, like, s- circular disc with the pictures in it and you just kind of keep clicking Is that what it was through. called? Mm-hmm. A yeah. Viewmaster? Yeah, Viewmaster, mm-hmm. yeah. Fuck. That's, now that is, that's dating ourselves a little bit. Well, this is an evolution in gaming, I so. Mean, I mean, Viewmaster, fuck. Well, they actually made, and I have one downstairs, uh, they made, like, these... It's almost like a cardboard, plastic version of that that you put that your you phone put in. your phone like into the back and yeah. it like closes it in there, and then it will turn your screen virtual. Yeah, you virtual. can use it with cer- certain apps. And, you know yeah. what? You know what Jeff should Weird. do. You know what he should do. What should I do? What should invite do? people over for a VR experience? He's never done that. Beers, we order a pizza, and just play VR games. Yeah, we can live stream it. I'm not going show. that far. <laughs> Will you? Do you have the? Um, do you have this, the the Vader game for it? No. Oh, well, not have the Vader. Dave's game out. <laughs> I would think if anything, like be the first game you'd have. No, we don't have that. What, what games do you have for it? I don't know. Whatever games Maddie downloaded. Beat Saber. Beat Saber. Couple good of time. others. Yeah, I've seen people play Beat Saber. It looks yeah. like a fascinating. Experience. It's fun. That's it. There's it, your lightsaber stuff. There's right a. There. And I mean, maybe that's a good segue to talk about music games, mm. um, because that's what Beat Saber is. It's like the newest evolution of that, if you will. So, but music games have quite the history. I, I so I put this in the kind of the same like categories, like innovative games in general, right? Mm-hmm. Um, games that are games but aren't games that you would traditionally think. Did of. You say games that are games that are not games. Yes, but are actually games. But are they games? Are you playing games right now? Don't game with my heart. Game. Touche. <laughs> um, <laughs> Touche. So how I, I've always kind of looked at... Because like with this particular episode, we're talking about games, uh, games, consoles, whatever, uh, that are innovative and some that are ambitious. Those are to me not the same thing, obviously. Something that is innovative adds like depth to a topic, an idea, and an ambitious... An ambitious idea kind of adds width to that, that that idea. And and they, these things these things too, just everybody, just so you know, that doesn't mean they have to be successful. Oh, lots of them. There, there's yeah. a lot of stuff that that is. Yeah, these are all, a lot of them are just stepping stones to something yeah. greater. And and some of them are totally fucking weird. And yeah. I think that's kind of why I said they're games that are games, but they're not games in the way that you think that they would be. So like MTV Music Generator. Um, so okay. This was this the last time MTV actually focused on music? I don't think so. Okay. But maybe, but I don't think so. Yeah. Um, MTV Music Generator was for PlayStation, PS One, very OG PlayStation, uh, and it was literally just a beat maker. That's all it was. But the thing, right? If it was just that, it would not be on my list. I could care less, right? And it was fun. I had a good time with it. I owned it. It's one of the few PlayStation games I owned. However, the the, the feature that rarely worked <laughs> but when it worked it worked perfectly you could rip samples off of discs and then put them in your songs like i want to i want to 
put this in perspective for people, we're talking like I don't I don't know what year MTV Music Generator came out, but we're talking like late '90s, maybe early 2000s at the latest, right? And you're making this beat, you're having a good time with it, and you go, hmm, you know what I'd like to throw in here uh, a guitar riff from something from the Foo Fighters. So you'd turn the game off or, or take the game out, put the disc in the CD for Foo Fighters, pick the track, record that little sample that with a 10 second snippet that I think you can only get like maybe 10 15 seconds save it to like uh the, the your memory card put the empty music generator back in and then put and loop that sample onto your project we're talking about the PlayStation we're talking about the fucking yeah, PlayStation and it was like the coolest idea that rarely worked is I would try it all the time and it worked a few times and I think this is cuz my PlayStation was an old PlayStation so did this only work for like audio medium, or could it work for like a movie too? Like you no, it put, was just. I mean, I don't know about. You could put like the Matrix in and like pull out a sample of. It was yeah, only it was CD just, like yeah, audio CDs. Okay, that's unfortunate because I was gonna say there's a lot of you know good impl- like usage of porn that you could have done in there too. That's where you're going with that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess you're right, but yeah, I can't find where what year it was released. Really, but. Uh, it had 1,500 pre-recorded riffs uh, and then 3,000 instrument sounds that you could uh, add to it. And then in 2001, uh, Music Generator 2 came out for the PlayStation 2, which then maybe that was when MTV was in sort of their transition because the second one was more focused on hip-hop. It actually had Funk Master Flex on the Funk cover. Master Flex. Yeah. Uh, as like the music curator, if you will. So if the sequel came out in 2001. Yeah. So suffice it to came say... came out in 2000 for Windows and PlayStation. So it probably was like 99, most likely. That's wild that that was even something that was yeah. in the 90s. The point is that it was an incredibly, incredibly cool concept. And that's like, games like that allow games like rock band guitar hero to exist yep you know it paved a way uh for now who makes guitar hero red octane and harmonics and, and harmonics became they start making a rock band yep they yep. split and made rock band and obviously you know this table knows a lot about rock band Ooh, we do uh those of you there's probably like six of you who don't know this who listen to this show regularly <laughs> <laughs> but there was a time uh especially Mac and myself, we used to be roommates, we would play Rock Band and Rock Band 2 religiously, daily slash nightly, almost without fail with our other roommate, uh, Mr. Aaron Steinberg. And we would spend hours, and I don't know how much money was spent on all the songs that were purchased, uh, but lots of money, hundreds of dollars probably, at the end of the day that uh, Aaron would buy. (laughs) Not, Not as much as the Ultra drum kit he bought. Oh, it's still sitting in my basement. <laughs> the Ion, the Ion the, Trump, yeah, kit, Trump kit, yeah. which was I think like a hundred and some fifty dollars, two hundred dollars, something it was crazy. At least like two hundred dollars when he bought the thing, yeah. Uh, which is a, it's effectively a drum set, uh, but yeah, I love the beauty of Guitar Hero and Rock Band is that you know, and I said this during our lost episode, and I still maintain it's just as important. Um, there are songs that I'd never heard of musicians i'd never heard of until i started playing rock band and that's just me and i'm 40 years old back then i was like what 24 25 26 yeah, we were we were early mid-20s but then. like you imagine some 
eight-year-old or ten-year-old who's playing these games with their dad or their mom or something or older sibling or whatever, and they're being introduced to music they would never have any interest in listening to ever. But that's a really good way to introduce people to different types of music. And yeah, artists. and that's that's the power of it too. A lot of bands were, you know, pushing their labels to be included in rock band oh, because it was like business. this cultural phenomenon and it was boosting record sales. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's um, uh, Band Material, which is one of the songs we played all the time. Mm, um, I had to think about it. Which, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what was that I've, song called? I'll find it for something you. Something about Tuesday, second. Wednesday, something like it was about a, it was a day was the part of the title, right? Uh, I'm going to find it for you here real quick. Cause I, because like you said, I downloaded the album. Because they released their songs on there, and we we downloaded a few of them. Had so much fun playing it. Uh, let's see here, alphabetical order, Dave. Remember your letters. This is what we got, yeah, this is what we got to do around these. Parts. Moving to Seattle. I don't know where I got Tuesday and Wednesday from, but goddamn, <laughs> Seattle is not a day. <laughs> that is not moving, no, to, moving Seattle, to Seattle. That's right. That's we, such a good song. We played that. So, um, there's a lot of times, guys. We'll we'll take cracks at me for my um, my gaming and or lack thereof. Um, one game, but a bit in the, I'm gonna remember something. Just go ahead. Yeah, one game that um, you cannot say that I did not play, like religiously, was was Rock Band, Rock mm-hmm. Band Two, and Rock Band Three. Um, that's no exaggeration. It's actually I'm gonna be honest with you. It's one of the fonder memories of like my life, like of my young adulthood. Oh yeah, was that two year stretch where Aaron would come home from work, not even say anything, because you know he just. He, you know, already during that day, he had nothing to eat. He had nothing to do. He had nothing to do. Um, and he came home just from, from the hibachi restaurant, hating everything. He'd walk upstairs, you know, change out of the, you know, um, teriyaki chicken smelling clothing that he came home in. And uh, just went right downstairs. And we just, same thing. Like, we didn't even say words. We just got up. Grabbed our guitars. Jones had a cut, had a had a like a bass that you bought. Yeah, I bought the deluxe bass the because deluxe apparently bass. I was bougie, and I had the regular guitar. And then Steinberg put up the drums, and we just played. We didn't even play the game anymore. Like we had a band called Estate Sale, and we went through the whole thing. <laughs> and there was like one or two songs we had trouble getting through, so we kind of stopped playing like the career mode. But we would just sit there and like do two hour set lists. Like we were like we were up on stage. And we'd pick 18 songs and play it from like 12.30 to 2.30 in the morning all the time. Yep. It was it was so awesome. much fun. And we got really good at that I game. I was going to say, that, you know, of course, the key to any game, there's a sense of mastery. There has to be a sense of mastery. No matter what the learning curve might be, you have to feel like you're getting better at it. And that game was great at that. Uh, especially like the drums. Like, you... If there was a way to introduce somebody to get like to, to becoming a drummer to get right. them interested in it, the drumming like as basic as it was, it was a drum set. It was a dumbed down basic drum set, but it was still rhythm. Yeah, you had to be good at your hand eye coordination and the foot pedals, and if you weren't good at it, you just weren't good at it. Yeah, if there's ever anything that could teach you how to play an instrument, that was that game. And proof right there, Jones is uh, Maggie Whitfield. Yeah, Ryan's wife. She were we were playing softball. And uh, unfortunately, they had an incident where she collided with uh, with our friend's brother and broke her ankle. And that was beginning of the summer. And there was not a whole lot that she could really do. But she was it was her left ankle that broke. And she just started playing rock band sitting down on the drums. 
And then like the next year, she's in the marching band at the University of Pittsburgh as a, in the drum line. So, and that all was because she started playing that game. It's and then she was able to go ahead and do that. So, I mean, that right there is pretty wild in itself, you know? So, MTV Music Generator, by the way, because this whole time I've been trying to figure this shit out because it's killing me. We were buying you time. Uh, so, interestingly enough, it was called Music 2000 Everywhere Else, but known in North America as MTV Music Generator. And it came out in 1999. There we go. It's pretty impressive. There's something else that it wasn't quite like MTV Music Generator, and I can't remember what it was, but we had it at Toys R Us, and it was a, you could buy different, like, cartridges to kind of put into the game. It was a music game. I wish I remember what it was, but it kind of took that in a different, a different way in, like, the 20 teens. I don't know if you remember it at all, Jeff, if, if Maddie was interested mm-hmm. in any of that stuff, but... It's kind of similar to that where you're able to buy cartridges and songs and samples and kind of put them in. Like I, hit clips? Yeah. I think that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it might like have been Like the that. Little, little tiny cartridges? Yeah. That had yeah. one or two songs on them? Right. But, yeah, Guitar Hero was 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 a great game. It was, it was, you know, introduced you to a lot of different music. Rock Band took it to a different level. We discovered, I mean, how many different bands from that many that i still listen to today yeah which exactly. is I, I and honestly i sometimes i can't help but think about rock man when some of those songs come up and i go i i'm driving i start strumming the bass because i know i remember how it went you mm-hmm. know like it, it, it's it's dangerous i shouldn't do that super oh, irresponsible anytime, <laughs> anytime coheed and cambria comes on yeah welcome yeah, home welcome home that's yeah. how we ended every show yeah that was our, that was our closer <laughs> that that was our closer yeah oh, god damn it um, but yeah i mean you know music games came a long way and you know what rock band and guitar hero were able to do i think they they brought they they brought a certain thing to the table because it was real music mm-hmm. and i mean there you know there's other games like that that came out after or even some before donkey uh, konga donkey konga is one uh dj hero that's right which, dj hero which was Never played you know, that, the next evolu- evolution of that with a turntable uh pretty fun game there was a game i never touched it i i it, it was just at that point i was kind of i was kind of far removed from the whole rhythm games uh but rocksmith i don't know if you guys are familiar with rocksmith i'm familiar with it it, yeah. it was like it was it was like rock it was like guitar hero but it was you used a guitar and it taught you how to play the guitar yeah and i'm like hmm, i should check it no i'm not well, we always joke that, sounds that like actual work. Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> we always joke with the amount of time that we spend playing that game, the amount of time we invested in it together and individually. Because I know there are times when, like, we weren't home. hundred percent was playing with no. One you were was playing there, with no. For sure. There. You know, same oh, thing. Yeah. You know, a couple songs I'm having trouble with. I'm gonna practice. Gonna get the slow, ver- slow down version. Work my way through it and everything. But if we actually dedicated that time to playing real instruments. I would Fuck. be mediocre. You would be. <laughs> I would be very I mediocre. guarantee you we would have played some bar somewhere. <laughs> we would have played it. God, we would have played it the Ivy or something. Um, you bite your fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, so, no, first of all, Mac, you know I love you like a brother. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm here gonna, we go. Let me preface that. He did put a pin in it. He's he pulling did. the pin back He's out. He's pulling the pin back out. I was, not I was kidding. hoping he was going to forget about it. We're just going to keep moving on. We listen, never forget. Mother, listen, motherfucker just it is, on to that it's, one. And, and all this stuff is, is, is in no way malicious. It's just, it's I, a fascinating observation I know. of you. I know. And how your mind works. I know. 
you said earlier, and I know that the listeners will back me up on this because they were listening to you say it. You made mention of your Xbox and how, man, it has all this storage. How much storage was that? Two terabytes. How much do you have accessible right now, Dave? I honestly... I, I <laughs> Three terabytes. <laughs> how much is actually being used? That's actually not where I thought you were going with it, so I'm actually less offended at this point. No, because I am... Um, well, because I'm a proponent of, of physical ownership of, of video games. I don't download a whole lot of video games. You still have to install it now. So yeah. that no, so know. your argument is still. But I'm where are you going with there's this? There's more that gets there's more that gets used when you download than when you. I honestly couldn't tell you how much is. Hmm. No. Two 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 terabytes. I guarantee it. Oh really? I feel like you probably have like you probably if I if I had to guess if I put money on it. You have, three games downloaded onto your console, <laughs> and that's cool. Listen, every gamer is different. I'm not even judging that. Four or five on there. Yeah, name them. Um, Hellblade. Uh, Tony Hawk. One and two. Name any game that we did not force you to play, even though you didn't play them. The Sims? And playing our two different uh, the Sims 3. <laughs> and, well played, David. Well played. I appreciate that. Thank you. And uh, maybe uh, Shenmue might be on there, too. No, no, it's, no, it's listen, no, if no. it is, I'd be really, really impressed. Be super impressed Anyhow. That was the case. No, it's not. But yes, so sorry. No, I, 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 mean, I had to. No, it's it's. I mean, I, it's 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 obviously not a lot, but so much um, room for activities. There's so much room for activities. <laughs> there, are. there. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Listen, fucking, man. Like, oh, I'm take. <laughs> fucking eat my feelings right now. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. Um. <clears throat> so yes. Um. This <laughs> sounds great for the listeners. Yes. The whole point. Dave's I eating apologize. jelly beans now. He's spiteful. Now you're gonna listen. You're listen to him <laughs> angrily chew them over there and make an eye contact with me. Heavy eye like contact. I wasn't there when it happened. Yeah. Um. Fuckers. <laughs> you know. Hey, listen. Uh, look. If I gotta deal with people, my my lasting legacy in this fucking show is the Sega channel. You can deal with <laughs> your lack of gaming. This is true. At least you're not fucking anything. God damn it. It's true. Yeah. Um, I, look, there was an entire theme song for an episode based around that. The mm-hmm. point, but yeah, yeah. So, you know what? Available, deal with it. <laughs> available on our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. If you're yeah. interested. That's yeah, unfortunate. It's also linked on our website. Also unfortunate. Um, so let's let's transition away from that, uh, and, you know, in, into more of like the ambitious titles. Unless there's something more you guys want to add uh, to like you know innovative games that you've played. What you know, because that we could go. I could talk about Seaman. I can go right now. Well, so <laughs> I think you should talk about Seaman because I I think the game is so fucking weird. It is that it's pretty weird. We had a nice. <laughs> No, it's not me with the gummy. <laughs> the jelly beans. Um, so when we were doing the original prep for for this episode for in October, I watched a full playthrough, walkthrough, several of that game because it just had to. Sorry know. to hear. Oh that. yeah, you can't just read well, it and no, go. Oh, that makes. sense. I had to watch multiple like, because is that a fish with a face on it? <laughs> no, I need I need to learn more about that. I thought I thought this whole thing was a fucking joke. I did. <laughs> I thought you guys put it on there 
to be like, let's see if Mac actually goes <laughs> on to you. Like I thought this whole thing was like it was a setup. I thought this whole thing was an elaborate <laughs> setup. Be like, let's see if Mac is gonna actually like do some stuff on this. Let's put something on the list that doesn't even fucking exist, but we know about, and see if he watches it, and then comes to talk to us about it. So I remember I watched this like fourteen minute playthrough oh, of this man. of this game with this dude with like a uh, it looked like Hubert with a thing over its head with a human face on it. It's amazing. And yeah. and I'm like, there's no way this is real. Like, there's no way. Okay, there's other videos by other people. I'm going to watch them. No, this is fucking real. <laughs> it's very real. So I ended up investing 30 minutes of my life into proving that you guys weren't punking me. <laughs> it's more than he played Hellboy. <laughs> not true. Jeez. Now that <laughs> was Jeff on that, that is, one. <laughs> that is not true. Uh, I played that for at least a solid three hours and 50 minutes. So, um... Yeah, but we, we got to talk about C-Man because it's... You know, it's so weird. Now, I can't remember. Jeff, did you play C-Man? Yes. Okay. Dreamcast. So, yeah. This is another reason why Dreamcast is, like, one of my favorite consoles of all time. Because this is a Dreamcast. I don't think it was on P- PC. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. It wasn't. It was exclusive. Which is amazing. Yeah. Talk about a console exclusive, man. So, I feel like a big chunk of you have seen C-Man. A few of you have even probably even played it. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. You so, really can't. The whole game, it's not even a game, but it is. Now, do you see what I said, what I said earlier? Oh, I listen. I wasn't, I, I, you were completely correct. I just thought it was hilarious the way you said it. It's, it's, so real quick, before you jump into that, when you, we're talking about these innovative games, and we talk about, you know, Guitar Hero, and we talk about Rock Band and everything, you're, you're playing a game, you're not really playing a game, but you're still accumulating a high score, you're still working through levels and things like that. There's a free play sandbox sandbox aspect to it, mm-hmm. um, but it still kind of follows a a traditional video game archetype narrative. You know, you start in your garage and then you you level up and you get more money and you can purchase stuff and you can get costumes and vans and start touring and you like basically are playing stadiums and big shows and stuff like that. So it still follows like a traditional video game narrative that you would think of. Seaman is not that game. Mm-mm. No, it's a, a life simulation game. Uh, you you basically have a pet, uh, and you get this pet. It's a little tadpole, or is it even an egg? It's, it's an a tad- egg. It starts as an egg. egg. Yeah. yeah, starts as an egg, and you it hatches and becomes a little tadpole man, and it eventually it it. Like a frog transitions and you know and becomes a little amphibious creature that still needs water and eventually transitions to a larger yeah, human-faced. It, it lives in your fish tank. Yes, it lives. It lives in your fish tank. That's right. This is another reason why Jones. Why I don't have a fish tank? I'm afraid that's going to happen. So not only not only do you have this fucked up looking creature with a human face, uh, but think of it as like a Tamagotchi. Yeah. Right. A little virtual pet. So. The Dreamcast controller is, you know, a very specific looking controller. It had a peripheral that only worked with this game that you plugged into it that had a microphone that looked like the little antenna thing that was on uh, the fish or whatever. Yes. Uh, so you, in addition to feeding and nurturing the pet, you also talk to it. Yes. And it learns to talk and interact with you, which is fucking bizarre. It is. And, and and it learned from you effectively. Yeah. You know, again, this is an incredible. It is both an ambitious t- uh, a title and it is also an, an innovative title at the same time. 
uh, because it's taking something that is already established and, and really adding a lot of depth and width to it. Um, the experience, because you have to feed it, you had to like, you really had to nurture it, and how you interacted with it determined how it interacted with you. Yeah, it was like the first AI experience. It was in my a game. very first real yeah. AI experience, which is weird to say because I was like two thousand. Yeah, <laughs> and I was still in high school when I when I when I played that. Actually, I was definitely deep in high school when I got that game. Uh, and it, it, was it Leonard Nimoy's voice? It was, I think. Yes, which is really cool, actually. Um, but the game doesn't get nearly the play or recognition that it deserves because it was on a whole other level of console gaming. Uh, and over time, you know, you would just exist and you'd have to, like, keep an eye on it. You'd have to check on it. You'd have to turn the game on because it had its own internal clock. And yeah, it had kept its own the time. Clock, it kept the and time. You, you had to, like, make sure you, because it could die and you didn't want to kill your pet. Uh, or you could be like some people and manipulate the internal clock of your Dreamcast to make it age way faster. Not that I did that. Can be done. But it can be done. Um, but it was just, it was a beautiful game for what it was. Because uh, it wasn't really a game. But it was a game. It was, like I said, it was a life simulation game. And I think that, I don't know if there's anything that came after it <laughs> since that really capitalized on that, that right. I can think of. But then again, I don't live in Japan. Who knows? Because I feel confident. There's probably a lot of weird shit like that. Yeah, I feel we real just, confident. We just exists. don't get that here. Yeah, there are other versions of the game Semen in Japan that doesn't play out the same way. One more time. Uh, there's other versions, I'm sure, of the game Semen in Japan that doesn't. Seaman. No, I know what I said. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Check other notes. versions yep, of the. I said yeah, it. Yep, uh, checks out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, wild, wild fucking game. Um, bizarre that, you know, Seaman 2 never put in a production. Opportunity lost. I wonder, I, I, I feel like as, as cool as the game was, and I think it was like a, a cult hit, I, I'm pretty confident it probably didn't set the world on fire as far as profits went. Most Seaman yeah. doesn't. <laughs> I'll drink to that, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Seaman's a great game, and I... If, if you, it's hard. To, I don't know if you can like. Yeah, it's on really it hard later. to explain because it's like, it's it's basically you know this creature is in your tank and there are very few visuals. It's I mean, very. It's blank. all black, um, and you, he's just swimming around in there, and then ultimately like, the final scene of the game is, it's now this amphibious creature and now you let it go into nature. You can start over. Yeah, and then it resets. As as does life. As does life. Yeah. Life uh, finds a way. Life uh, finds... There was a great semen joke that I made with Noah <laughs> while we were recording this. And um, I think it was like... I think I, I, I think I remember it. I was talking to him. I was like, Jones... I was like, uh, Noah, did you know that they made a sequel to that in Japan? I was like, it was uh, semen, the second coming. <laughs> Speaking of Noah and innovative games, I know he's not here to talk about it, uh, but I just want to read one bullet point off of our outline that was Noah's. All he wrote was Grand Theft Auto 3, Grand Theft Auto 3, blue open world, wide open, plus you can fuck. Yeah. You could do all, yeah, you, you can. can. Yeah, you can. But speaking of open world gaming, let's talk about No Man's Sky. Let's oh, talk boy. about the Triple Crown Champion. It, it is truly the Triple Crown that Champion. game, first released in August 2016. Uh, a pretty unique gameplay style. 
you got exploration you got survival yep we got combat we got trading we got base building you sure you're not talking about star wars galaxies and it's fully open world first of all wait a minute now let's just let's pump the brakes here i was base building at launch I don't think base building was at launch. I don't think it was at launch. No. So, okay. And that kind of is the point, right? Yes. It's, um, it's, it's still getting updates. You guys, it's, It just got an update. Yeah. It, yeah. So let me... I'm going to talk a little bit about this. You guys have played No Man's Sky. Quite a bit. Um, I, I have not. You're missing out. Man. I understand. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of happy in a way that I, I didn't because I didn't suffer through it the way that you have. Right, like that's a very um, strong a way, way to put it. It is, yeah. but I mean, it, it kind of fits, right? So I remember when this game came out. I was I was working in 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 the R zone, and this was a big release because it was truly promised as one of the most ambitious open world games that you could have. Infinite number of places to explore. Yep. Infinite number of things to do. Like you could be flying around in this game for like 10 years and not come across the same planet twice or come across anything yeah not just that it, it was an infinite number of planets and everyone was unique everything about this was supposed to be unique and um was that exactly the game we got yes and no so this all this all boils down to e3 videos hype videos that showed a game that did not show up at launch i like millions of other people saw you know the initial launch video like this looks incredible and it, the thing is it wasn't like the graphics weren't amazing they weren't amazing they were they're fine yeah the fidelity was great but it wasn't that it was the promise of every atom every the tree promise. Yeah. every planet every star everything being procedurally generated everything is random everything is different the planet the, fo- the flora the fauna everything and then the game launched and i will tell you it's a little buggy the shit storm that followed the release <laughs> of this true, game. Man. I wanted this game so badly, and it's unfortunate that I didn't have a PlayStation, I guess, maybe three or four at the time. I four. Think, I think that was a four. <clears throat> I didn't have PlayStation 4 because it was a console, at least on PlayStation release, and it was on PC as well. It didn't come to Xbox for a couple years. It's even um, on Nintendo now. You can get it on It's everywhere Switch. now. Yeah, it's, it's everywhere. Um, <clears throat> the game released not only buggy, but not nearly as varied in, in, in the, the procedural generated nature that it had been promised in the video that we saw. Yeah, they that we overpromised a little. There is their entire documentaries about what went wrong and behind the curtain, Noah and I, well before we really started the show when we were going over topics that we wanted to cover, No Man's Sky was on the list. I think it still is technically on the list. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to do a deep dive on what went wrong. And he and I disagreed on what we should do. How to approach that. Yeah. I would love to because I have my theories on what happened based on what I've read and the research because it's so fascinating. Yeah. Because the game existed in a certain state and then it just didn't anymore. Why is that? I that This is not the episode for that. But we will get there one day if I have my way. But the game didn't launch in the state that was promised. It was a big situation. Um... And the reason why the idea that you can go into space and just go somewhere. Like, I see that star system, I'm going to go there. You go to that star system, there's no planets. Or there's some planets. Or there's just a moon. or, or, or Whatever's there, let's check it out. The promise of 
pure, true exploration is so tempting and so tantalizing, so interesting. Because there's so much unknown. So yeah. much unknown. Yeah. Until you play it, and you find that almost every planet is kind of the fucking same. Yeah. <laughs> um, the reason why No Man's Sky is like, the tr- I call it the triple crown winner, the triple crown champ of this particular topic, because it is equal parts incredibly ambitious, equal parts innovative, because it really is. I you, you can't name more than two games the size of it that is a seamless planet-to-star-side transition. There's no loading screens, there's nothing. You just, if you want to lift off, you lift the fuck off and you go to space. Uh, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's equal parts ambitious, innovative. It missed the fucking mark really hard, but it has a redemption arc. Right? It has been steadily updated at least two times a year. For years now. Now to the point, and every time there's an update, I try to play it for a while. Get the feel for it. It is a totally different game now. No, it, it definitely is. I mean, they've had, I mean, years and years worth of updates. Major All patches. free, by the way. All yeah. of it's free. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I think of a game that had come out that had a, a I'm not going to say a similar premise, but a similar promise. And that was the Avengers uh, game. Where, you know, this game is the only Avengers game you're ever going to need to buy. And it's going to continuously be supported, and there's going to be new characters and new missions and new updates, and it was constantly going to just keep improving the game, and everybody's going to love it. And it just totally fell flat. They they never they did offer different supports, but they've stopped supporting it. Like the game's yeah, basically uh, as of like I think two weeks ago, yeah. three weeks ago, they finally stopped. They supporting finally it. stopped supporting it, and um, you know this game on the other hand, they've they've completely. Everything the game was meant to be, they got it to where it needed to be. Get there, and, they're and there. then some. There's so much at living ships. Like there's yeah. actual like little expeditions you can go on now. Like the the level of stuff that you can do is fantastic. But the, you know the thing that still sticks in my craw to this day, still. Tell it me, still doesn't look like that video. Like. The stuff you can do is great. You can do all the base building, all the extra stuff you can do is inc- again, it's incredible. If it's unfortunate, Noah's not here because he's a big. He and I play No Man's Sky on on occasion. I'm uh, waiting for him to just knock on the door. Like he might and like come and sit down for this segment and then leave. <laughs> but like that video, that first launch that showed all these different planets, how they looked. I've not seen any of that stuff since. They, they always put the this is actual gameplay disclaimer. Like <laughs> it's unfortunate. It's not. But yeah, No Man's Sky is an incredibly ambitious title, and it really added to the open world space of games, uh, for better or worse. Yeah. But I think it, a lot can be said about them continuously adding to the game. They actually, oh, it was like two years ago, they did that big, I wish I could remember the name, it was like No Man's Sky Next update, I think, where they redid like how planets are generated, and that was like the biggest significant change to how the game operated and i did notice a significant change in all the different planets yeah um what's wild though you know the whole point of this show is to talk about how things have have evolved remember when there was no such thing as dlc and game updates man whatever you bought is what you fucking got talk about a simpler fucking time for better or worse yeah you know because right you know you you kids today don't they don't know like you used to be able to go to the store and there's a whole wall of, of not even games, tickets. Because the games are so valuable, you couldn't leave them out in the open. So you had to get a ticket, and then you had to go to like the booth, 
the booth. And then they would have the games in the booth, and that's where you'd go ahead and actually get them after you purchased them. And you'd walk home, you'd take it out of the packaging, you'd have your cartridge, you'd put it in the system. And everything that you were going to do in that game, for better or for worse, the entire narrative, all of your weapons, all of your costumes, all of your levels, it was all there. And you just had to play it. Whatever you wanted to do, however long you... However, if you just wanted to go through the regular narrative, if you wanted to explore, if you wanted to find some of the things, all the things, none of the things, it was all there. And it was just for the price of that game. No DLC, no additional levels, no um, no having to pay extra money, no add-ons, you know, none of that stuff, you know. Nope. Your price of the game was everything you needed, and that was it. And then after you played it, you if you liked it, you hope they're going to come up with another one a couple yeah. years later. Print right? the cartridge, go to work on the next one. Yeah, and, and, and now, I mean, I, I remember the first game, we didn't really talk about this in the actual expo when we did this, about DLC, about downloadable content. I think the first game that I ever purchased downloadable content for, I think, was The Force Unleashed. Because that was one of the first games that I really got interested in that they released, like, two extra levels um, later on after the game came out. And there were some extra Jedi you could get, and there were some extra lightsabers and things like that. And I remember, I, 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 I bought all that shit up. Um, and now you almost can't get a game where you can't have to buy something for it. It's rare. Know? It's super, yeah. super rare. And, and I'm not exactly a fan of that because, because you know, I only have so much money, right? There's <laughs> only so much I can throw around in this world. Yeah. So I'm, I'm of the thought that, I mean, can we exist without extra content added? Of course. Uh, we did for many, many years. We did. But I like the idea to a point like it, it's a double-edged sword because a game can come out in a certain state. Ah, there's a day one update. There's always a day one update always. now. Uh, but I think it's you can never just put it in and play it anymore. But I think, and this is not. I'm like making excuses for big publishers. F that noise. It's but these are people making these games, right? Like the, the actual pub, like the actual developers. And they, they being, and they have to get it out. Well, here's the thing: they have they are being tasked with making bigger and bigger and bigger and more expansive, more ambitious, more innovative titles that do more, better than the last game, better than last year's, better than last year's, not 10 years ago, last year's, right? And we get mad when things don't work properly. Well, there's a day one patch. Well, this 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 weapon's bugged, or this does too much damage. This doesn't, doesn't do enough damage. Like, can you imagine a world where DLCs were a thing, I probably would have beaten the original Ninja Turtles game on Nintendo. Because they would have nerfed the shit out of the damn map level. They would have adjusted the amount of damage you yeah. take. <laughs> I promise <laughs> you, they would increase the amount of time you got. <laughs> I'd have beat that damn game eventually. Uh, but I think, I think DLC has its place. I think it's not a bad thing. Especially, like, because now more than when we were kids. Like, when we were kids, like, you played a game and then you beat the game. You might still really like it. You might play it a couple more times. But there's rare that there was, like, a single-player side-scroller that I just loved and I'd play all the time. There's, like, maybe two or three that I played a lot. Yeah. Like, Sonic 3 was probably, like, the one I played the most. Even though I'd beaten the game, you know, however many times. But now it's where games exist for longer periods of time. Now they're, like, just flat out, that's your main game. Yeah. That's what you play. That's your jam. Like, Fortnite or, or the Call of Duty games. Or, yeah. 
the or the Destiny or 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 whatever sports games. You know, people are so they're so like they'll just play a game for years, and that's their thing. Or or uh, the the Elder Scrolls online game that's been out forever now. Uh, you know, World of Warcraft, all those games. You know, DLC has to exist, right? It, it has to exist. You can't keep playing the same three dungeons over and over again. You got to add another dungeon, add more weapons, add more loot, adjust things, freshen up the loot box, freshen up the sandbox. So, yeah, part of it too, from a development standpoint, is you know how do you remain relevant? Because people are digesting content at such a rapid pace in today's you know media environment. It's mm-hmm. like how do I stay relevant? Like, take Legend of Zelda, for example. So, when Breath of the Wild came out, pretty massive game, pretty long playthrough. But once you play through it, you played through it, and that's it. And they're like, well, it's going to be a long-ass time before you get Breath of the Wild too. So, hey, let's put some DLC together. We'll add some more dungeons and a couple more labyrinth levels. And that's enough to, like, hold the fans over. And they're like, oh, in the meantime, we'll, you know, do a re-release of ocarina and wind waker and skyward sword skyward sword hd remasters of of all the games we don't want (laughs) even some of the ones that were in game boy yeah yeah but it's like it's it i think you almost have to because it takes so long to produce something original that isn't necessarily even original i mean it's it's a rehash but you know an upgraded rehash of something but it takes so long to get that second iteration through that it's faster for them to do quick and smaller chunks of dlc and game updates and just keep feeding the beast so that they keep eyeballs on the game so that there's more interest when the next iteration comes out you know we i don't know how long this episode is going to be but how where are we at an hour and a half okay all right so there's something we didn't talk about when we had the original uh failed episode uh, live service games, uh, and I don't know how familiar you guys are with live service games, what they what they are, but a live service game is... Is game- it those things that, like, when I'm waiting for my video to load on Pornhub, and it's like, click here if you do, like, it's like, do you want to masturbate by yourself? Who wants to do that? Click here for a fun interactive game. Is that what we're talking about here? No. <laughs> oh, all right, continue. Yeah. Uh, so a live- Midnight Lister knows what I'm talking about. I'm sure he does. Uh, a live service game is... I'll just give an example. Destiny is a live service game. Yeah. Uh, Avengers was a live service game. Yeah. A failed one, by the way. Yeah. Uh, the pro- Live service games did not exist when we were kids. And thank God for that. I don't know how much time I'd have spent gaming if they existed when I was like 11 yeah. years old. It would have been a problem. I probably wouldn't have been allowed to even game anymore because my addictive nature to gaming would have allowed me to play a game all the time. Yeah. Um, but live service games are games that exist constantly, uh, and they are constantly being updated with DLCs, with just updates to the game, updates to whatever, how the game operates. Currently, there is a single successful live service game on the console, and that is the Destiny franchise, which has been around since 2014. I have had that needle in my arm since day one of 2014. I, I don't really know if that's ever coming out. Uh, but we'll no, see. You love that game. Uh, that's my favorite. That's my favorite. It's my it's in my top three favorite games of all time, franchises of all time. Yeah. Because uh, it, it 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 combines first person shooting, which I love. It combines science fiction, which I love, and it's that's it. That's all I need. Just give me sci fi. It's got good co op gameplay too. It's, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's it is, that's it's a big it's a it's a 
shared world shooter. Yeah. So, you know, the three of us could play at the same time doing totally different things or game together for a common good. Um, but the, the beauty of live service games is that it's a moneymaker, you know. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's why they exist, you know, because you can justify DLCs, justify uh, seasonal, oh my god, you season put, passes. Yeah, you could put The Sims into that category. Yes. Without a doubt. There's so many iterations of DLC and expansion packs. And that is the very first. Yeah. Like, closest to, like, that that concept. Because there were no DLCs, necessarily, for The Sims. You had to just go and buy the You had disc. to go buy it, yeah. So, like, you wouldn't download it, necessarily. But that's in that vein. But you know what? Maybe. Hold on. The first DLC game, heavy game I've ever played was probably Rock Band. Yeah. That is that is definitely it because I can't think of anything before that. Yeah, when you got Rock Band, you had what forty to forty five different tracks that were on there at launch. At launch, and then you had they had the you know heavy metal pack, right? And you get five songs with that for you know seven or eight bucks. And then you know Paramore had a new album that came out, and they released three songs that would go out there for that almost like at the time of the release of the album, it would play right in, which is great marketing too. Mm-hmm. Um. And then you just had the regular store. Just go and just, just look pick and song. pick and choose and just download. God, yeah. Simpler times with game. Yeah. God, man. So uh, the very first game. I knew he was doing it. That, he was looking at uh, That had DLC was a PC game called Total Annihilation. It came out in 1997. The first console to have DLC was the Dreamcast because it was the first online console. Right. Hm. Interesting. Was it Fantasy Star? <laughs> <laughs> I bet it was Fantasy Star. <laughs> Um, but okay, so this episode's gonna go a little long. Uh, I I I really just briefly want to talk about like you know just general innovative consoles. Um, um, and the only one that I really want to talk about is just the Sega Nomad. Uh, and the Sega Nomad was, and I'll make it brief, was the Sega Genesis. Yep. In handheld form, and in a time where you had Game Boy, which was cool, Game Gear, which was cool. I would rather just play my Sega Genesis in the car yeah. if I had the option to play anything. Why would I play some weird version of Sonic on Game Gear when I could just play Sonic 2 in the, in, on the car ride uh, to the mall? Uh, so I was fortunate enough that I owned uh, a Sega Nomad, and it was incredible. Horrible battery life, because it took, I can't remember how many batteries. It took like 12 batteries or something crazy number. And it, you could probably get an hour or two out of that and i may maybe i'm being generous so you'd almost always have to use like the ac plug the adapter and i think we get fucking hot i remember that um but it was incredible if you think yeah, about it. it yeah it was pretty ambitious and you know at that point with the exception of the game gear which was not a huge success for sega and nintendo was running the handheld market with the game boy uh so after what they were able to do with the Game Gear, Sega was like, we want to make a successor to Game Gear, but we want it to be a touchscreen. And they're like, that's too much fucking money. We can't do it. So why not just make it so people can play their Genesis games? On the, I mean, it's on a simple go, idea. On the go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and this was the last handheld that they made. And then they unfortunately shifted their focus to the ill-fated Sega Saturn uh, that came after oh, that boy, but man. i mean the nomad so was ambitious because 
you already had the fucking games. Yep. Yeah. Like, That's incredible. You already knew it. what you liked. It's the instead Switch of, before the Switch. Instead of right? like having yeah. having yeah. an NES or Super Nintendo and a Game Boy, but hey, I want to play Zelda over here or I want to play Mario over here. I have to buy a new Mario game for that. It's like and it was a terrible Mario game too. Like, so <laughs> yeah. I remember that first Mario game for the like, Game Boy. Like it was Mario, but it just wasn't Mario. It was so it was so strange because you just the graphic limitations and you know everything else that kind of went with that. But yeah, but and I mean, if you look at the handheld market in general, like Nintendo, like I said, they had a death grip on that. Uh, first gen of Game Boy came out in '89. Uh, the library of games was huge. Although a lot of it was just sort of rehashed. It wasn't in color. The first one was, you know, that odd greenish color. Um, but it was praised for its durability and battery life. Uh, those things were practically indestructible. And then there were 15 versions of the Game Boy. The my Game, Game Boy, Boy still works. I still have my pocket, OG. It still the Game works. Boy Color, Game Boy. Now, it, I didn't have DS, a Game Boy. 3DS, Switch. But I do require, I rec- remember, I recall the the significant amount of peripheral devices to make that shit work <laughs> oh, my you. note my notes say insane amount of mostly bad accessories like lights <laughs> and magnifying glasses and all sorts you're of shit you're gonna 15 peripherals <laughs> attached to this thing I remember it that. weighs like 30 pounds it, like you produce you produce the game boy and then you realize after you produce the game boy which is amazing because it, it, it really is outside of the ability to play cartridges an unbelievably flawed system you're on a car ride as soon as the sun starts to uh, set you can't see shit yeah. so you're hoping in that long car ride that you've got a good enough light on the side and the back seat of your car that you just go ahead and hit the button and kind of shine it so you can see it a little bit that's not going to do anything so you have to go ahead and get a light for it you get the light it cuts off what 20 percent of the screen <laughs> <laughs> so anything that's happening in top bottom or sides you're not top seeing until it's too late yeah. you're not seeing until it's too late all right, speaking of seeing it, right? that's the next thing, right? So you put the light on it and everything. You're losing 20% of your screen. It's harder to see what the fuck you're make doing. Make it bigger with so a magnifying screen it... over the top of so it. We're not talking about like some really sophisticated, enhanced like device here, everybody. We're talking about a fucking magnifying glass <laughs> that they basically can clip onto that thing. Okay, great. So now we have that. Um, but now you realize so you can see it a little bit better and you got some light on it and everything. So it's nighttime. You can go ahead and play. Um, but you know what? You can't hear it very well. So let's go ahead and get ahead and get add some extra little speakers to this thing. Uh, and then, you know, all that stuff's taking a lot of energy. So you have another little power pack that you're going to go ahead and put on this. So by the time this thing's done, it's the size of a football. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a fucking Transformer. <laughs> it does. Like all these pieces. Like, 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 not like a little Transformer. Like the big, like, like five changer Transformer that goes to like a train, an airplane, a helicopter, a dump truck, and a dinosaur. Like, like... When it's in robot form, it doesn't make any sense. When it's all transformed, it's like, oh, I get it. Um, that's what this fucking like Game Boy did. Yeah. And but then you hook all of it up, and they're all made by like shitty third-party companies, oh, for like sure. Intech yeah. and whatever. Like none of them were actually made by Nintendo, so the quality was shit. Yeah. So not only did you have this fucking mass pile of fucking tech that's attached to this shitty little game boy <laughs> like, like but then it's all falling apart and you're like like think about what? it like you're three seasons into the power rangers and it's the ultra mega dragon confuctus zord where you know 
they like introduce 17 new rangers there's like the zebra ranger and there's like the saber tooth tiger ranger that's different than the yellow ranger for somehow but all the zords somehow come together and when you see it in person you're like this makes no fucking sense right that was the game boy you were holding at that point with 40 pounds of extra machinery <laughs> 40 pounds right well, yes. I well, so there we go. <laughs> but that was that was this entire episode was worth just saying that. But you know, Game Boy was incredibly innovative, and it, it, it like Jeff said. I mean, they had a stranglehold on the space. Uh, they still do. And there's uh, been no Nintendo has. They're been, the only one still in the game. Yeah, they, they they it's kind of weird. They almost have a monopoly in the whole thing, but like they've just devastated everybody with when it came come to handheld gaming. I mean, PlayStation has attempted the PSP and. Was it like the Vita? Um, the Vita came yeah, out for a little yeah. while, and you know, outside of getting those like old school throwback like Tiger Electronics, we should talk about those. Goddamn those! Things, yeah. Right? I, I, bear, I have <clears throat> memories of them, and none of them are very good. No. <laughs> um, where it's just basically like a, a, a black character that goes yeah. into four Could different do, poses. Like, it, my arm up and down. Le- the one yeah. leg goes up and down, and they do a fireball. And the background that never changes. I had a Spider-Man one. I had a an, an, a Wolverine one. I had a, a Street Fighter one, and I I had some like weird generic beat 'em up one. I, yeah. There just had just some karate yeah. dude on the front. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> classic karate dude. Yeah, and yeah. you're just walking. Yeah, those were good days. Yeah, yeah. they were. Um, those were not innovative gaming devices. You know, no. it, it's funny. I always had this thing. It's like if I could go back, if I could take like a PS5 with like hogwarts legacy or something or or you know midnight suns or or whatever and take it back to like eight-year-old dave and be like this is what you're gonna get when you're an adult and you can spend your money on this that's right you're because like you're you're an adult like you don't know i can tell you what you can or can't spend your money on you can just go ahead and buy this but on the flip side, I'm like, can I go back to 1986 and get one of those handheld Tiger Electronic games and bring that up to like your kids, Jeff? <laughs> they would throw it at me. <laughs> They'd light it on fire. Like, what is like, this I could, trash? I could, hear your, I could hear your daughters like swear for the first time. Like, look at me and go, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? It won't be the first is it time. broken? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it works. No, it works fine. Now it doesn't. <laughs> Just drop it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, you know... Though that was a great experience, I mean, you got like the Wii, the Wii U, like really awesome changes in gaming. That, granted, I don't own any of it, but I've I've played them enough to know. You know, the, like those the Wii had the, the nunchucks, yeah, which was really cool, and that was like a big deal. I know it didn't really translate super well over the course of however many years, yeah. but it was innovative. The, yeah, and then the Wii U was like, hey, here's the handheld version, although it was so big and chunky. Um, it didn't nobody really used it as a handheld even though it had the screen on it right just because it's not easy to use because of how big it was um, but you know there there were a lot of good innovations in gaming but then there were also a lot of misses as well both on the game side and on the console side you know you had the 3do uh, which was seven hundred fucking dollars. Jesus Christ! Uh, in That's 19, amazing. In nineteen ninety three. That's insulting as hell. Uh, you know, sometimes you great. Car, I- yeah, you can buy a car in nineteen ninety three for seven hundred dollars. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes great ideas don't always translate into great products. Uh, and the three do uh, Neo Geo CD, hmm. uh, Virtual Boy. We talked about. Do you hold on the three do? Do you remember like the big game for it? Because I do. I don't. 
Do you remember Dave? No. Listen. Gex. Do you remember Gex? Yeah. The fucking Gecko. Yeah. He oh, was God. like a like a I spy do. or some shit. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'll unlock that memory oh my for God. you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I stored it away for a reason. <laughs> just put it back. I'm pretty sure, just put it back. I'm, I'm pretty sure I like had a nightmare one night where I was just like I woke up in the bed and I felt a little dirty and that fucking gecko was sitting in the corner like, smoking a cigarette. Like Now mind you, uh listeners, uh most of the consoles we'll talk about that missed the mark here, none of us ever fucking played. But the only reason we even knew that they existed is because of a little thing called uh, video game magazines. Yep. yep. Your game Pros, your Nintendo Power, your, your Sega, your was it? Uh, and G4 TV. Oh, God damn it, yeah. Uh, was it, uh, what was the Sega one? Sega Visions? Sega, was it Sega Visions? There was, was Game Informer, Game Pro, Nintendo Power, and there was a Sega one. Uh, I can't yeah. remember what it was called. But yeah, all those great magazines uh, were fantastic for learning about stuff that you'd never touch. <laughs> See, I love Game Pro because it wasn't like Nintendo Power. Obviously, you're just getting all the Nintendo stuff. Right. So at least with Game Pro, I could, you know, wasn't just so system focused. Oh, yeah. yeah, Game Pro, Game Informer were great for just the whole PC yeah. gaming, the whole landscape, and you could you could hyper focus and and obsess over games that way, and read the same article like twenty times a week. Wishing that the game would come out already. Um, but yeah, uh, 3DO sold 2 million units. Which is pretty impressive considering how expensive it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, the, that's wild. Discontinued in 1998. So it was around for a while, yeah, it was actually. around for five years, which is a, a good run at that time. Yeah. We got our Atari Jaguars, which I don't know a single soul's ever played that. I don't that. know anyone no. who, no who one. owns that, and or played it. That, because that's the fucking thing that had like the 16-button the, the controller. Yeah. Well, it wasn't even a controller at that yeah, point. It was it a remote was control. Yeah. It looks like it looked like an attachment you'd put on your keyboard yeah. like, through your laptop that yeah. didn't have like the numbers on the side, so you just needed to add that. And that only sold like 150,000 units, which is actually about <clears throat> right. <laughs> actually, um, Neo Geo CD, the Sega CD, the 32X, like Nintendo 64 DD. Ah, uh, the disk drive. Yeah. The which, add-on, uh, which had such. They were hyping the shit out of that, mm-hmm. and they had like two and a half years of delays. By the time it came out, you could only get it mail order in Japan, and when they delivered them, that the technology was already obsolete. So it's like, yeah. so it never even made it to market in the U.S. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was basically like you know what the the sixty four console looks yeah. like. It was basically another sixty four console <clears throat> with a disc drive yeah. that goes underneath it. So it made Jesus. it twice as tall. Well, because you got like internet access. It was like an entire workstation. Yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. It actually turned your console. Into it was something like greater. it was like it would turn the sixty four into an Xbox. See, I've basically. seen that. I've seen that with the GameCube. I've seen there were like attachments you were able to get for the GameCube that could add to that and everything. Um, but I've never seen that for the Nintendo sixty four. It's funny when you look. There's at some a reason of these, you haven't. I, I'm sure. But no, like I think it's funny when you like look at some of those some of your systems, your older consoles. And you like you see all these spots for like attachments and things that you yeah. never ever saw and you had never knew what they were supposed to be. It's like what the fuck is this? Like, there's a place I could clearly click something in here. <laughs> I've never seen what's supposed to go in here. I've never heard of it. I've never seen it on aftermarket. And then like you're on YouTube one day and somebody's like, "Oh, do you remember that time you could like go ahead and put a monitor on your GameCube?" Like, you're like, "What, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I could." Yeah. Or it's like, "Hey." uh... I just picked up this game at the exchange for Nintendo 64, and they're like, oh, it only works with the expansion disc. You're like, what the fuck's an expansion like, uh, disc? What? It's the thing that goes in the middle with the memory card thing. Yeah. Like, that's a thing? 
That is a yeah. fucking thing. What was it? There was uh, Resident Evil. There were a couple of games. Yeah. Perfect that Dark. You needed it for. Yep. It, like, it came with. I think it came with Perfect Dark. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, the the 64 Double D, the Double D, uh, I had like nine games released for it. Yeah. It had a limited release in Japan and never came to the United States, even though it was supposed to. Where you could only order it through Nintendo Power magazine, which no, tells you everything. Yeah. Did, where so with the Double D, were any of them ever? Uh, was any of those games ever called the Motorboat? I hope so. Jeff. Yes. Thank you. We're just going with it. Yeah. Um, the original soundtrack by Prodigy. <laughs> oh my God. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna end. It's sort of like not missing the mark, but just sort of end it on this, like innovation, right? Like in gaming, for the three the three of you, the two of you, the three of us, like what in your mind was the most innovative thing you've ever seen? Like the thing you went. I didn't know video games could do this. I didn't know they could do this at all. And it like blew your mind, no matter how old you were, no matter what year it was. So I'll tell you mine. Full motion video. Fucked me up. I did not expect. Because uh, Sega CD was the very first time I'd seen a game have full motion video. Because before that, it was like, it was just the game characters, you know, yeah. in-game. There were no cut scenes or anything mm-hmm. like that. But seeing the Sega CD commercial on TV and just like seeing like uh, what's like the, the Night Stalker game or the game where it was like either, like there was like the, the 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 teenagers in the house or something <laughs> Night yeah. Stalker yeah <laughs> that's stupid it's all movie. sounds like a scream movie Cobra. it was like a scream movie yeah um, that was like the first time I just went I I just couldn't wrap my head around the games could a console could do that yeah that we saw that in Tony Hawk there where they had the music video, the original versions had the music videos were playing on what would be the scoreboard in the arenas, which was pretty sweet. And I think when they started, when when cutscenes really took off and got more photorealistic, like, I think that's when gaming really started to shift for me. Because, like, being a Nintendo kid, it's like not everything is looks like fucking Mario, right? Right. Um, but I, I think that... The evolution in the way that they've been able to cut scenes to the point now where some actual gameplay looks like cutscene quality and now they have to have a disclaimer on everything that says if it is a cutscene or if it isn't because expectation versus reality <laughs> when it comes to hey i want to play this fucking game and it doesn't look anything like what i just saw mm-hmm. uh release that e3 uh like in no man's sky well there was a so there was a this happened recently with movies there was a lawsuit that uh, went through where you're not allowed to mislead people anymore with your movie trailers and i imagine video games have to follow suit with that with cutscenes and videos and whatever you think do so with that. they still fucking do it <laughs> well I mean, the, the law just went into effect so like you know like when you were watching the trailer for avengers infinity war and there was that shot where they're all running and hulk was there and, yeah, that, that does not happen it does not show up in the movie you're like where the fuck was that scene it's like gotcha aha you know, um, you can't do that anymore. You know, I'm going to cut you off right here and say that I really feel like you should have used Stallone's voice this entire fucking time. I told I you, man. It would I'm... have been equal parts like the worst thing you've ever done, but possibly the most iconic thing you've ever done. Yeah, but if you go back and listen to the Cobra episode, not the Stallone voice you used at the beginning. Yeah. The one you used at the end after you drank a few too many Coors. Yeah. And everything was just slurred. And every every time we're like, what did you say? Yeah. And then you'd have to repeat it. We're like, oh, okay. Got it. It's a load of ketchup. 
Look at the ketchup. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> What'd you say, Rock? Oh. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, so... This has been an interesting episode. Yeah, no, it's been good. It's 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 fun when we revisit some of this older stuff, and you know, a lot of our listeners, with the exception of the ones who were in the audience, are experiencing you know some of these topics for the first time. So it's cool to revisit some of this stuff and dive a little deeper than you know. Our episode is now twice as long as what we were able to record before. <laughs> so. And we weren't able to take any questions from the audience. We oh, got to right. take some questions. Yeah. Remember, Alan that, asked that question. That, part that was, was like cool. the most in-depth question we've ever had, and like. And like this is not that kind of this is not that kind of panel, Alan. <laughs> He's like, What were your thoughts of like the mid like nineteen nineties Japanese advances and like Whoa. Like brother <laughs> I don't know who you think you're talking yeah, to right now. Yeah. <laughs> they usually just tell dick jokes and try to get her to fuck a video game peripheral. So That's true. If you have questions about that, we'd be happy to answer. No. That. Absolutely. Um so, uh, but yeah, this has been a great episode. I've really enjoyed this. Uh, I, I do, before we go, want to kind of talk about the next episode uh, in which we, the three of us, are going to attempt to book the territory, sort of, so to speak. Uh, so, as you know, uh, we kind of do a rotation. We talk about games, you know, movies, and professional wrestling. We usually pick a show and we talk about it. But this particular episode coming up, episode 71, uh, we are going to talk about dream feuds dream matchups like what we think would be a great feud we're gonna each pick two matchups two feuds and effectively sit down separately decide like and and here's the rules and here's the the important part you can pick any two people or teams whatever or three i guess if you want to be weird about it uh and (laughs) i guess and from any point in time in their career from any uh promotion any point in time you want to do bruiser brody and you know, and and the Rock, you feel feel free. You can do that, uh, but you're gonna pick the two. What's their feud? What's the basis of it? Kind of like what's the why? What's the blow off? What's the match that they're gonna have their feud over? And who goes over? Who wins? Uh, I think it'd be kind of fun just to kind of change it up a little bit. Um, am I allowed to include ladders in my dream matchups? Of course you are. You we expected to be have gimmick matches everywhere. Yeah. Just making sure. Yeah. yeah, you don't like non-gimmick matches, so that is exactly <laughs> what we would expect. But no, this it's going to be fun for us because you know we're all lifelong wrestling fans, and but we're also all creatives. So you know when you're kids and you're watching wrestling, like you always sort of have these daydreams about, oh, what if this guy wrestled this guy and what if these were the stakes and this was the story so that's what we're gonna do uh, it should be a good time yeah yeah one of the challenges i've had for this one is i come up with something in my mind and then i have to go online and, and try to google to see if the feud actually happened <laughs> and then like a lot of them like, oh no this already did happen i get now they go back and i watch it I'm like oh, this is fucking great <laughs> what, what if you just tell us stuff that already happened it's probably what my part of this is gonna end up being so guys i got this great idea for brock lesnar versus kurt angle but but hear me out this is a young Brock Lesnar, and this is a Kurt Angle right before he had to have neck surgery. Shit. Ah, fuck. Ah, yeah. I'll tell you, know, as an example, as a few, and I'm not going to use it, but man, I fucking, I should. Uh, a, like, n- like, 19, like, 70s, like, late 70s, early, early 80s, Rowdy Roddy Piper against 1998 Stone Cold Steve Austin. I feel like that would have been a money feud. In any promotion at any time, but if you you pick them up and put them in a, like a main event situation, 
I'm talking young, angry, violent yeah, Piper. You look, yeah, you look at their personas and their attitudes and those specific points in time. They will roughly, they yeah, will roughly rough each other's feathers instantly. Yeah. And I think that would be such a cool feud. It'd be violent, man. It'd be brutal. What if, hear me out, what if as a part of this feud, you have the Intercontinental title suspended above the ring? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, boy. And the only way they're able to get that title is with a ladder. Book it. <laughs> Do it. Yeah, I think I. We, but I think it'll be fun to kind of like because the, the and just think picking those two for example. I, it's just a few that I always thought would be kind of cool, but like there's so many personalities over the course of the last 50, yeah, 60 years. Yeah, a, a lot that. of a lot of guys. I I through I've all got, those promotions. I've got the perfect one. Well, good. Keep it. Keep it there. It's it's not the Hardys and the Dudley Boys. No, it's ladders, not. Is it? It's it's Rocky Balboa against Thunderlips. 1980, 1982, 1983. I think that already happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it really happened. <laughs> I don't know, Polly. Is, is going to go put a show in for the God ass. damn it, Rock. <laughs> sex robots. Oh, yes, uh, sex robots. Mm, sex robots. Stallone mm. likes his, his sex robots for whatever reason. <laughs> um, Maybe that's why the three seashells happened. That's a whole other conversation for another time. Isn't it, though? <laughs> because we are out of time. Thank you very much for joining us on episode 70. That's right. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. And we will see you next week. Episode 69 plus 2. Nothing good.